this time. <laughs> Longhorn Nation, we're back. Yeah, welcome back, Megan. I am back in Austin. You are back. And we are back by the cannon. Yeah. I'm Rocky. And I'm Megan. We are fire the cannon. I love it. I love it. So uh, yeah, you're back. It's good to have you back. I've Thank missed you. you. The time, the time is very different. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you're still kind of adjusting to the the time change. Yeah, I've been ever since like three thirty or four in the morning every day. Well, yesterday and this morning. Right. It's they're eight. We know they're eight hours ahead. So in South Africa, where in you South were. Africa, yeah. and um, we had the best time. Uh, it was amazing and. It, just just back glad to be back glad yeah. to be home ready to go somewhere else again right <laughs> look already looking for the next adventure I yes love it. i yeah. love it i love it well yeah we do we have a lot to talk about you again i was so impressed with how you were staying up to date on everything even though you were eight hours ahead um but and sometimes without well we went a little while without internet too. <laughs> right no we had um we went to safari uh, well our friends that live i told you this while we were away but our mm -hmm. friends that live in pala borva which is near the kruger national park mm -hmm. they're locals right they live there yeah. they camp there they know all the ins and outs and the things to do and yes <laughs> that's I'm, I'm ready for austin fc season yes um so um the uh so we get to do things, the local things, which is really cool. And when we're back at the airport, we were leaving and we we're in line um, to board our flights, yeah. one of our flights from Hood Sprite to Cape Town. Yeah. And we're in line with this people saying, we got to see a giraffe and we saw a zebra. And I'm like, that's it. We saw a zebra at the airport. Like you, you need to get out and see the real animals. We got to see just everything. Yeah, Rhino, awesome. leopard. We saw a baboon chasing a leopard. We saw just all kinds of things. And then we went to my favorite city in the world, Cape Town. We didn't get to do too much Cape Town yeah. stuff, but yeah. we did. And the last day we were just trying to kill time and find things to do from when we checked out of our Airbnb till we had to get to the airport. Yeah. We're like, well, let's go see the castle. It's always really beautiful. And no big deal. We'll just pop into a castle. Well, it, you know, it's open, <laughs> it's beautiful. And it's no, a I neat it. castle in Cape town. And the Nadia doesn't remember seeing it. Cause she just doesn't remember the last time we were there. Mm -hmm. And so when we go in, there's this three day sports festival celebrating and we had no idea it was happening celebrating the best sports heroes of south africa in history cool. you know all the sports cycling rugby um soccer like all the world sports men and women mm -hmm. and when we're getting there they're setting up for this youth touch exhibition which is the same youth touch that nadia just played in, yeah. in nottingham yeah so we met the coaches and it turned out that this was the south african coach and he nadia was there with the usa team and one of the younger girls, we have a picture of them two together. <laughs> like cool. it was just what a coincidence. This yeah. world is so small. Yeah. And so Nadia got to jump into the rugby game and that was a lot of fun. And they had food trucks and we were like going to hop in for a few minutes. We ended up staying for five hours. That's it was awesome. the most gorgeous, beautiful, sunny, breezy day. Uh, there were, it was just amazing. They interviewed her. It was just really exciting. That's so, awesome. um, yes, there is lots of shark diving, <laughs> which is why I don't swim in South Africa. hundred percent though. That's something I would want. To there do. is, there's like, a lot of shark diving. You can go from Cape town. If you follow the West cut Western Cape around like to Fisuk and this other areas, there's, tons of of shark yeah a lot of shark yeah. they like that warmer weather on the southern side of the coast but uh yeah no we don't we were in pretty cold water with richard and i we, the, one of the houses we we're staying at with our, our friends friend's house 
they um, was right on the water. It was beautiful. But we went like, oh, let's go jump in the ocean. Too cold. Too cold. Beat in, ran away. <laughs> like in and out in immediately. Out. It was nice, though. We had a good time. I love it. Well, it's good We're to have back. you back. It's, it's good to have you back. It's good to sure. be back. I'm ready to go back there because uh, I love it there so much. Right. I love it. Well, we do have a lot to catch up on. Obviously, mm -hmm. we had the national championship game uh, that played out. I think it was to the heartbreak of many, many Longhorns watching. I got a lot to talk about with that. Um, definitely some breaking news, as you know, Chip and Zay were talking about. Um, you know, DL coach Bo Davis is. is for all intents and purposes, heading to LSU. Um, again, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit. Um, but yeah, we've got yeah. a lot, kind of a season review for football uh, and looking forward. And then we've got some news, you know, NFL news, a little bit of draft talk, a little bit of, a uh, little yes. bit of basketball talk. So we'll yeah, everything. we'll recap. We're going to recap where kind of grade the season for Texas and then look ahead way too early, bold predictions. We're each going to make three way too early, <laughs> bold predictions of the 2024 season. Um, little basketball and NFL wildcard is this weekend. So we know the 49ers, um, and the uh, Ravens have their bye. So we're going to pick the other six games happening. And we have a special guest today. We do. We do. You tell yeah, it's a, it's a buddy of ours. If y'all, if y'all have watched a, you know, Texas sports unfiltered, you may know him as the burnt orange man. Uh, it's our good friend, Abos gone. He's going to join us with a, from Longhorn laundry and his full regalia. Like this man bleeds burnt orange. He has a ton of fun. Um, we're just going to get some stories from him from, from around the way and talk a little bit about his business and mm -hmm. how he came to Texas. So it'll and be fun. He's our new sponsor. Yeah. So we're excited to have him. And the cool thing too, is he's starting to really become because of the, this character he's created, yeah. he's starting to really become popular and they, they're starting to use him in like national media promos. He was in some of the championship yeah. weekend promos. So you probably saw him there or you see him around campus on game day and that's fun. So he's one, he's our new sponsor. Mm -hmm. And also we're just going to chat with him about Texas and his, you know, just get to know. Him. Yeah, absolutely. So if you guys haven't checked out his business again, it's called Longhorn Laundry. Give him a check, uh, check him out online. Again, they actually, he does free delivery, pickup and delivery for laundry and dry cleaning services. Um, really great guy. Again, he and his wife are just incredible, work really hard, but it's awesome. So you don't have to waste time doing your laundry. They, they take care of it for you, pick it up, do a great job cleaning and then fold it perfectly, seal everything and then deliver it back. That's nice. Yeah. It's, it's very, very cool. So again, check them out. It's longhornlaundry.com. And if you guys use the code FTC20, FTC20, um, you actually get $20 off your first uh, order. So um, yeah, again, we're excited about that. Excited to have him on. Really, really happy to have him here. So uh, yeah, we'll, we'll look forward to that. So. I'm putting it in the, in the chat right now Appreciate so you can it. see. Appreciate it. Yes. So cool. All right. Well, Thank talk, you, Dan. Let's talk about Bo Davis a little bit. We Aww. know um, definitely comes as a after some you know good news, some bad news, a lot of transfer portals. We expected that um, some players at Texas announcing you know they're leaving for the draft. Then to have this news about Bo Davis, which I know you know folks, Texas fans especially, he certainly endeared himself with that ISU bus rant uh, a few years back, and uh, you know. Coach Sark has said that was really the catalyst of gelling this culture together and that shift and getting, I mean, it was the kick in the ass the team needed, right? Um, clearing yes. out the culture for the guys that weren't necessarily buying changing in. Changing point, turning right, point. Turning yes. point for sure. So it's definitely a sad day for, for Texas fans. Um, but again, as you heard from Chip Brown, he's, uh, Coach Davis is wanting to leave to go coach his son at LSU and Texas wasn't able to get his son into Texas until May. So yes. you got to understand it. Um, how are you feeling about it? I, you know, I'm really sad. Yeah. We were hearing that he there was 
talk over the last mm-hmm. couple of weeks that he could be being really courted hard by LSU. Mm-hmm. And I, I understand like the opportunity to coach your son at, at, and the college, and this is probably, I don't know, it's probably something their family has been, you know, a goal sure. for their family well, he's talking and about to, it. Yeah, yeah. And to make it happen. That's really special for them. Selfishly, don't leave. Don't leave. <laughs> right. He's what he's done to the defensive line and the way he's recruited and developed. It's just a story in itself. This, especially this year, right. and he's just such a developer of men and and players and talent. I just, I'm yeah, I mean, really sweat. He's the best. And Murphy, I mean, yeah, he is the best at his job. And I don't want him to go to LSU. <laughs> I don't want him to go anywhere else. I want him to stay at Texas. So, but good luck. Good luck. Yeah. Good luck to coach Bo Davis and what, what a good coach. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and look, it's been pointed out. Sark has done pretty well for hires. Oh yeah. You know, I I have full confidence that, that, you know, coach Sark is going to find the right person to come in um, and pick up, pick up the torch and run with it where, where coach Davis is leaving off. So um, definitely, you know, not, not the happiest of news, but I also feel like we're in pretty good hands with. We will with the be. Future. Who is it that said Rabel? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Somebody commented. Oh, if we could get. Not, I mean, that's your boy. That's not, not gonna, gonna happen. happen. That's not gonna happen. But <laughs> I wonder if Coach Rabel will come be with. Right. <laughs> How much money can Why? we actually whip him with? Right. <laughs> that, uh, no, that would he something. wouldn't take a position coach in college, but. I don't know. Maybe if we write a strongly worded letter on why he should come be our linebacker. There, there I mean, he only has a few Super Bowls as with the uh, Patriots, you know. You, know. you know. We'll get to very well gone with the Titans we later will. in our news stories, the NFL news stories. But yeah, my Titans. We will. Yeah. They stink. Yeah. Well, <laughs> lost their coach. So new new beginnings for everybody. Well, once you make Aggie your quarterback, it's like down, <laughs> downhill from there. You're killing me. You're killing anyway, me. Anyway. Yeah. I love it. So that, right. that's the biggest news in the last hour for sure. or so. For sure. Multiple outlets reporting and chat uh Chip Brown broke that news about mm-hmm. you know had a good post about you know really wanting to coach his son. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. best of luck. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, so let's jump into the natty game. It was definitely a little tough to mo- I know for me, I was bitter. I was kind of that person yeah. in the corner, like sulking, yeah, watching the game the whole time. It, it, it was sad. Watching the game was more infuriating because how were we not in this <laughs> game? If this was the Washington that showed up to play, not that Texas played to the last second and and did really well. Everything right. was going Washington's way in the Sugar Bowl. Everything went their way. Even the little tipped into the touchdown. Everything was going their yeah. way. So, Megan, you picked me up from the airport. Mm-hmm. You picked us up, the family, up at the airport mm-hmm. Monday evening. We were delayed because we had no luggage. Our luggage didn't make it. It got <laughs> delivered this morning at oh, good. 5 a.m. You finally got it. 5 a.m. We got a text that it was arriving. But, yeah, a day and a half later. But, any, anyway, yeah. I didn't need it, but. Anyway, you picked us up from the airport. Mm-hmm. We were delayed. We would get our luggage. It didn't come, blah, blah, blah. So then when we got home, like, oh, the game's <laughs> the game's on. Kind of <laughs> Listen, the I know. on if you want to put it on. And and I've got to say, I mean, I'm obviously, we had to watch yeah, it. Yeah, we have to watch it. Anyway. And, and I think a lot of Texas fans were certainly feeling the same bitterness, perhaps, that we were. Um, but this was one of the most watched uh, college national championships why in a while. Think, why do you think? It yeah, is- I mean, I, I think that's an interesting thing. I, they said it was, you know, 24 million viewers. Like, it, it was definitely up. Do you, yeah, it's it's a lot. Do you think that this, you know, we talk back and forth, should the national championship game be on a Monday, right? Like, should it be on a Saturday? When, when should it be played? Didn't seem to hurt them too much for this particular one. Um, but is having that new blood in, you know, there are no SEC teams 
in this game. People weren't retired of the same old teams. Right. And now there's do, do you think that had an effect on it? Or what what do you think it was that that made this such an intriguing matchup? I think Michigan program being a blue blood, having national fans. I mean, there's a large audience. Sure. They're very similar to Texas and Alabama. You know, they have a very large audience. And then Washington, there's been excitement in the way they play. Mm-hmm. And then Penix, the story of Penix. And I, I think there's um, there was excitement to see really good, hopefully, hopefully a really good offense against a really good defense. Um, we saw which one survived <laughs> yeah. in that game, but thrived. I would thrive. Well, I mean, later, yeah. but. Yeah, dominated for a lot of it. Um, So maybe that's why new teams, new excitement. And there's just right now college football is on fire. Like every game is getting more and more views every year. Right. Yeah, definitely. Look, I I think it was I agree with what you're saying. Like Michigan is a big brand. And whether people outside of the burnt orange want to admit it or not, like Michigan is a brand like Texas is a Mm -hmm. brand. It's been a while since Michigan had been there. You know, Harbaugh, obviously, given a long leash definitely yeah. rebuilding that program the way he wanted to perhaps a perhaps an asterisk or two might be in the future but um look Michigan's a huge brand and then I think having the intrigue of Washington come in just as I don't want to say an unknown right we all mm-hmm. know Penix and he's he's done some incredible things this year but yeah it was just a a matchup that I don't think people envisioned at the beginning of the year. So I, I think it was, again, definitely intriguing to see how that was going to play out. At the beginning of the year, most people would have probably said Georgia. Right. And an SEC team. And, and, and I mean, at the beginning of the year, people were saying USC or <laughs> you Ohio, know, State, Ohio or, yeah. State or, yeah, it could have been Georgia, mm-hmm. Ohio State. Uh, who knows? But most, I don't know anybody who would have picked it was going to be Washington, Michigan at the end of the year. And, the, yeah, like so, we're saying we started watching mm-hmm, the game, mm-hmm. and we it was so, it was just heartbreaking <laughs> to see pain. The things that were uh, thing for as much as everything went Washington's way the first week, for very little to go their way for so long of the game, that was just everybody was just shaking their heads like, oh, he can be sacked. Oh, he can throw incompletions. <laughs> oh, he can be pressured. Yeah. And it's not that Texas didn't play a great game and had a good plan. Well, I don't know what the plan was the whole time, but you could see they were adjusting and making a, sure. making adjustments. But he was so human. It, it felt befuddling. It really did. Look, I, you know, we were talking about this during the game. I, it's just one of those things where you watch it and you just kind of have to throw your hands up and go, well, sometimes that's how the chips fall. This game is a cruel uh-huh. game. Um, and and to Penix's credit, like, look, I don't want to take anything away from Washington when they played Texas. You're right. Texas played a good game, but Washington was so it on was point. It was their day. Right. It yeah. was their day. They were so on point um, that they just couldn't do any wrong. Penix, you know, we were pressuring. We got 20 pressures on mm-hmm. Penix, but didn't get to him like Michigan did. So, uh, you know, the receivers versus Texas, spot on, lasers every time. Right, they were catching everything. Um, and it felt like during the national championship game, they couldn't catch a cold if they uh, tried. Wide open. So Michigan against Texas. Yeah, I can't see my computer. Against <laughs> Texas, um, Penix was through for 430 yards, two TDs, no interceptions, and took no sacks. Against Michigan, it took him 51 throws to hit almost the same number of receptions, 255 yards. So, yeah, one TD, two interceptions, and the big sack. That pressure. Yeah, that pressure. Mm -hmm. That that was – it was just two different teams that were playing. Mm -hmm. The receivers struggled. And, of course – 
we know the way defenses work. They're all the, the front, the middle, the back, they all are working together to create these pressures, to create these interceptions. But it was it just seemed like everything was clicking. Michigan knew exactly how to attack Washington's offense. Right. Exactly. And they executed it. Well, and I think that's something too. It's, you know, again, as a Texas fan, sometimes it can be hard to have that perspective. I felt like Texas played a decent defensive game against Washington during the game. It didn't feel like it, but you go back, you look at the film, Mm -hmm. Texas was in tight coverage. They got some pressures. It just, they weren't quite finishing, quite rounding that corner. Right. Then you compare it to Michigan and Michigan's defense was absolutely lights out. They, I mean, they were getting to them. There's again, it, to me, Michigan's defense looked like a pro style defense. I mean, they, they were running stunts. They were running. I mean, I think that played into it too. Yes. I think Penix was, playing his mind out against Texas, but I don't want to take away from the effect that Michigan's defense had on Penix in right. the national championship. Oh, they did everything either. right. So it, it, you know, getting that pressure to him, running the stunts, it, it, Penix was taking a little bit longer. He, it felt like he was in his own head. Mm-hmm. Right. And how much of that is on Penix? How much of that is on the defense? Of course, we'll never be able to like one, one goes with the other. Right. Right. You, you can't really quantify that, but, but again, it, it gives me some concern as we look forward to our <laughs> Ann Arbor trip next year. Um, that Michigan defense is, is again, no joke. Right. Uh, and, and they Penix to me went from looking like a world beater who definitely got snubbed for the Heisman to looking like a pretty good quarterback that just wasn't having a great game. Right. Well, it definitely didn't affect what the NFL scouts think of him because the week, the leading up the weeks to mm-hmm. this game, all the mock drafts still had him as one of the top quarterbacks going. Well, of course, behind Caleb Williams, but you somewhere between two, three, and four quarterback going. And in the top first half of the first round, it's still every mm-hmm. mock draft still has Penix going in the first half of the first round. Mm-hmm. So it didn't hurt him. Um, but yeah, you saw he was a little bit human. Yeah. I mean, again, they, they made him look human. That's, that's and the receivers, true. the receivers against Texas, they could snatch everything out of the yeah. air against, like you said, good coverage. There was one where Ryan Watts yeah. was running shoulder to shoulder with him and was right on his hip and it just drops in the, yeah. in the, on a dime. I, I just, and, and everything Watts was going, yeah, in, yeah, everything was going their way that day and just, <laughs> and then the opposite when they played Michigan and I mean, they fought back that that's notable that they fought back. Washington fought back. They could try to get back in it. They were only down one possession um, at halftime, but, and then they have a chance to the first drive of the second half, they throw an interception on the first play. Yeah. It felt again, akin to Texas's woes when they played Washington. Yes. Right. When we started getting some momentum going, felt like we were shooting ourselves in the foot with the turnovers, right? Mm-hmm. I think we saw some of that with Washington. I, I like Sam Mann's comment. I, I don't know if Texas beats that Michigan team. That, and it agreed. The defense was swarming. Um, I, I don't know that I would say we don't have a strong pass rush. It's certainly not our strongest point in our defense. Um, but but agreed. I mean, Michigan was certainly getting to Penix way more than Texas did um, as far as rattling him and obviously sacking him. Um I don't know. Again, we know looking ahead to Ann Arbor, these are going to be two very different teams. Trey Moore is coming. Yeah. Trey Trey Moore is coming to help on the edge. He's he can get to the quarterback. Right. Well, both with both with Texas and with Michigan. I mean, Mm -hmm. Michigan's losing a lot too. So, you know, I've I've seen the argument, well, I don't they're not going to be the reigning national champs when we get up there. Well, they are. 
they're national champs until they're not. Yeah, they're right? the reigning national champions until the next championship game. But to that point, these are going to be two very different teams from the teams that walked off the field in the 2023 season to the teams that are going to be on the field in 2024 in Ann Arbor. Very, very different. They will be. Uh, both, both teams losing a lot to the NFL, to some transfer portal. Mm -hmm. Um, but both teams have done well with recruiting and transfer portal incoming. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I think right now they're both in a position where they're reloading. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't say, even though most of the starters from Michigan will be gone, I wouldn't say, and they probably have, their quarterback still hasn't even announced yet, but they just finished their game. But draft boards yeah. have him also in the first round. So we'll see what. We'll see what team they actually have. Most of the people are like, all the offense, all the defense, and the quarterback are gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there is, of course, that's pretty notable. J.J. McCarthy uh, very likely is out. Mm -hmm. um, they are going to be very, very different teams when we field it. Of course, we have we wouldn't be fanatics. We wouldn't be crazy Texas people if we weren't talking about this already. Yeah. Only, thank you, Carlos, only 241 days until Texas is in Ann Arbor. So got a little bit of time to, to ruminate on it and chat. But um, I have a question for the people listening or watching. What do you, what would you put the over under now knowing, kind of knowing that Texas roster, we still don't know even if Quinn Ewers is coming back, but Texas roster losing a lot, but reloading sure. Michigan's roster losing a lot but reloading wonder what people put that over under I mean put the spread Texas going to Michigan what the spread would be right now well the big house is an interesting place to play have you ever been there have you no. ever been to the stadium it's, I don't really care for Michigan fans yeah well there's that but yeah look I've, I've been in there I went uh, to that crazy game where uh, Michigan State played at Michigan in the big house and won on that flub punt, right? Just yeah. an insane experience. Michigan minus three and a half. You're giving them that hook because. Yeah, it's the home. I mean, yeah, I know. Uh, yeah. I, I, I can, I can, I can agree with that for sure. I, I would have Michigan favored a little <laughs> more than that right now. I would say though, again, at the big house, it, it seats a lot. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, I think it's up now the capacity is to like 108,000. Yeah. It's a big place. The crazy thing though is at least in my experience, you know how you're not the the biggest fan of the Rose Bowl just because you feel like it's old and dumpy oh, and run down. Dump. I would kind of, and I'm sure I'm going to piss off a bunch of Michigan fans at this point. I would kind of argue that for the it's the old. big house too. It's older. It ha it hasn't been updated in the ways that a lot of of these modern stadiums have, including DKR. I mean, DKR still has the the footprint of the original stadium, but obviously has expanded quite a bit. The big house hasn't really done that, um, and at least. When I was there, my experience, and this was 2015, yes, they seat a lot, but it's not because they made more room for more seats. It's because they just made the spots on the benches oh, no. smaller, right? Like uh, it's one where you get like a half butt cheek onto your spot and, and you have to oh, sit sideways and you're packed in. So it, that's not good. But to that point, they do still have, I mean, you got to expect when Texas travels up there, this is going to be a sellout crowd. Oh, it's, yeah. It's going to be loud every and crazy. Game Texas goes to is a sellout crowd. Right. So Carlos says currently mm -hmm. minus five and a half by next season, 2.5 <laughs> Texas. Is that because by then you'll be drinking so much Texas Kool-Aid <laughs> that you'll think we can go in and, and win and survive there? Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, I, you know, and I, I want to say too, Obviously, there's so many pieces that have to fall into place. Is Quinn going to come through? Um, is he coming back? We are we they going to have JJ McCarthy back? Right. Yes. We we expect Quinn. Are they going to have a coach? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's something I wanted yeah. to, to bring up. Right. We of course we expect Quinn to come back. 
Um, well, he hasn't announced. He has not announced yet. So. Right. But a lot of a lot of moving pieces. A yes. lot of things still to be determined. But I wanted to ask you: Do you think? I mean, Michigan played an incredible game. But this is amongst a lot of uh, accusations of cheating. Some scandals going on. The self-imposed, oh, yeah. uh, you know, oh, Harbaugh three game suspension and... that he couldn't coach from the sidelines. Yeah, right. He was just on the phone. Does this natty <laughs> for you for Michigan? Is does this deserve an asterisk on the corner of it if, right now? If there ends up being enough evidence that they're actually punishing him for something, then yes, there's an asterisk. And it might. I don't even know. Like, like do they take? It? Do they vacate it? Do they yeah. take it away from them? Um, I don't know. They won on the field, so they're going to say forever that they that they well, won. And the way the Michigan fans dismiss any thoughts of them ever <laughs> cheating ever, and if they did cheat, so what? That I've seen a lot of that, and so whatever. They they were the best team, and it's unfortunate that they're so clouded with the way they got the information they needed to win some of the, those games. Right. Right. Well, and and that's. That's an interesting point, too. It'll I mean, be stripped in one to three years, says Sam. <laughs> Look, I again, I'm so not going to. I'm sorry. I'm not going to take away from Michigan's talent that, you know, Harbaugh's coaching his mind out. He's developing players. Again, the schemes that they were running on defense was just nuts. They had the game plan going in. But, yeah, the question is always going to remain. Did Michigan get to that point because they had an unfair advantage? Now, some people are saying, listen, everybody's cheating in college football. At some point, unless you're Vanderbilt. Did you see that that low blow? <laughs> no. Yeah. Vanderbilt does not cheat. Vanderbilt doesn't cheat and they're also terrible, right? Yeah. And so Vanderbilt taking that body blow there. But um so yeah, I mean, one is that a fair argument? Everybody's cheating, you know. It's just no, if you get caught in that. No, not everybody's cheating. That that's just start right there. Not everyone cheats sure. and not everyone cheats to the level that you're sending dudes and people in undercover gear on to be on <laughs> sidelines to record stuff and right. photo stuff. It, it, it seems egregious. It was it was so egregious and it was so it was easy to capture and see. And we have photos and video of mm -hmm. this guy hopping around and it's expensive to go into these games mm -hmm. and get sideline passes. I don't know how he got some of that <laughs> stuff and all this clothing and gear to be in all these different places, little assistant, little graduate assistant or analyst assistant is not making six, seven, eight figures to afford all this. Who's funding him. Right. Don't tell me nobody else knew who was funding that. That I think is the valid to me. That's the crux of the, the situation, right? Like, I do think, I mean, it's it's big money college sports. I think everybody's looking for an edge. Everybody's pushing that boundary. Everybody toes that line, right? I think I'm pretty sure any compliance person will tell you, yeah, we uh, we stay on our toes because there's a lot that we have to, you know, <laughs> rein back in. But but to to your point, I just don't see how there's any possible way that when you are at that level and that egregious, that, that much over yeah. the top, how does your head coach not know about it? How does the program not know about it? The money's coming from somewhere. And even if he didn't know, it's still his program. And you're supposed to be accountable for what happens right. in your program. And you're supposed to establish a culture and a, an environment where no one would think of doing something that egregious. Well, week after week after or week. Or hide after, it better. At week, least after for, week after week after week after week. Hide it better. Anyway, congratulations, <laughs> Michigan. You were definitely the better team. Yeah. And... Just out executed, out planned. The execution to me was the, the key. Yeah. They had a game plan 
and they executed it from mm-hmm. the beginning to the end. So good job. Yeah. Well, it will be interesting. I again, hypothetical. I'm not clearly I'm I'm pulling this out. I have no grounds to say this is what's gonna happen or not. But let's say that asterisk does make it onto their uh their national championship. Let's say they vacate it. Do you think Harbaugh stays at Michigan? I don't think he stays anyway. Really? No, I think especially because he's had a lot of vitriol from fans, you know, because the, you know, losing to Ohio State and all mm-hmm. that stuff that was going on for so long. And you got to beat your rivals. And even he could, you know, even when he would go 11 and one, but you lose to Ohio State, that's tough, right? You mm-hmm. have to beat your rival. And he got over that hump. But I, I don't, there, with all the drama that goes with, being a college coach, the recruiting and mm-hmm. dealing with all the NCAA restrictions and all these things. And I mean, this is a guy that waited at midnight to go sleep over at a kid's house. And right. didn't he remember that? Yeah. And he was like at a yeah, tree house or something. Well, and-, and that's part of it. I mean, Harbaugh's definitely had some questionable actions that, that have, again, towed that line of legality and, mm-hmm. and what's allowed and what's not. Um, yeah. I mean, I think the strong feeling is, we're probably not going to see Harbaugh at Michigan again, which again, completely would shift, you know, predictions for Texas at, at Michigan. Yeah. Certainly. Sandman agrees. He'll be at Washington or San Diego. <laughs> Carla says, yeah, he'll be gone. I actually like him better in the NFL because he, th- this is the difference between someone like Harbaugh and someone like ugh, urban Meyer mm-hmm. gross, where they just run <laughs> violent trash programs that abuse people on campus. Right. Mm-hmm. That is very different than just someone who like, Oh, I'm just going to, I'm going to rec- video. I'm going right. to recruit, recruit this kid in a way. Oh, I'm going to, there was recruiting sure. issues and stuff. That's where he needs to be in the NFL where he doesn't have to deal with these. <laughs> well, yeah. And I, I, I called I, him at 1158 PM when I'm not supposed to call him till midnight. Right. I agree. You know, I don't think anybody is rooting for the NCAA here by any means. No. Um, but yeah, the rules are still in place, but you're right. I, breaking rules is breaking rules, but there's a difference between, there's a moral difference, yeah. right? Between allowing Who's you know, morals. I don't know. Well, <laughs> but I'm saying like that's ethical, maybe eth- right. Ethics, ethics versus yeah. again, there are yeah. different levels of cheating. Am I upset? Like some things happen because of silly timelines, you know, yeah. by a few minutes, fine. You know, sending somebody, to that many games to blatantly record and steal signs. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a serious accusation, but it is also very different than, Oh, <laughs> Hey, my player was at a nightclub and shot someone. Let's, you know, let's cover that up or Hey, let's cover up abuse and things you like know that. What I was just thinking too, if he's on the staff and he's an analyst or whatever, mm-hmm. shouldn't he be with the team or they know where he is on Saturdays? If every Saturday Michigan is playing and this guy's at the Vanderbilt game or at the some other game, like, hey, dude, how come you're always at some rando game of a team we're going to play in a few weeks, but you're not with well, the team? Again, that's, those kind of things just all yeah, but don't it depends make sense. on it depends on the position, right? Like, yeah, you expect your your assistant coaches to be right there, but assistants aren't always always present at 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 certain places. Yeah. I don't think there's anything <laughs> wrong with sign stealing. Yeah. And I'm, but I'm an Astros fan. That, I like that. Admit, admitting that. It's, we, we appreciate you. Ike. I listen. Ike Coronas. I, funny. yeah, I'm, I'm an Astros fan too. Um, I have defended the Strohs. I, I don't like the cheating. Um, but again, I, there are different levels and, and I will leave it at that before it gets ugly between, we'll, between us, but we'll leave it at that. But yeah, I mean, look, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how things play out. Mm-hmm. Certainly in the off season, plenty to talk about. Um, 
be kind of i'm looking forward to the ann arbor trip let me just say that texas goes second week of second week of september next september year 7th. yeah september mm-hmm. 7th well the first week but second game mm-hmm. second week two of the season first week of september september 7th mm-hmm. um i'll be looking for those lines to come out that'll be interesting to see what it opens as this far out but i mean we have to look at texas's roster what, what is it even going to look like? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, let, let's talk about that a little bit. The Texas roster, we we certainly, of course, this is when we're getting the onslaught of, hey, declaring for the draft. And listen, I've been crying on company time, seeing some of these videos come out, you know, with Jalen Ford's thank you to Texas. Aww. And, you know, of course, Jay Witt, like. Everybody, everybody with cried with Jay Witt's video. I, I feel he like looked, the coaches probably. He looked emotional <laughs> and like, it's time to go. Yeah. Yeah, time's up. And that's, you know, we all felt that for sure. So, um, yeah, let's talk about it a little bit. The way too early discussions, but who's who's leaving Texas? Uh, who declared for for the draft? Um, you know, let's let's talk about that a little bit. All right. So who we know has declared Jonathan Brooks, Jalen mm-hmm. Ford, Christian Jones's time up. He'll be entered in the draft. Mm-hmm. Adonai Mitchell's declared Byron Murphy, Jatavian Sanders, Tavondre Sweat. Ryan Watts, Jordan Winnington, Xavier Worthy. That is a lot. Yeah. That is a lot. And then we know who's announced they're returning, which is good. Benda, Majors, Bar- uh, Baron Sorrell. And then we're still waiting here from Jody Barron and Quinn Ewers. Yeah. So so let's let's look at who's who's going. Yeah. Listen, you know, we talked about looking at that production. Uh, Texas is losing close to 80 percent of, of their production on offense. Um, obviously the receivers were going to be missing at an eye worthy. Um, again, JT Sanders, I mean, Sanders was out there playing his mind out. He was, did, did great for Texas. It was so nice to be reminded that Texas actually can play with tight ends, right? Nuts. Um, but yeah, we're looking at close. I think it was like 79.4% of Texas's production, um, has, is either graduating and moving on or has declared for the draft. So again, assuming Quinn comes back. How does that, like, how are you feeling about losing that kind of production? I mean, that's, look, we, we can't sit here and, and, and laugh at, oh, Aggies, look at how many people you've lost. Oh, look at everybody being depleted and not address it with Texas. Right? Oh, I mean, it's, it is a major, you, yeah, it, it's a lot of, that's a, that's a big piece, a key piece of Texas's production. So, right. When you add in the transfers out, Casey Kane, Trill Carter, Jalen Catalan, Keaton Crawford, Malik Murphy, Isaiah Nayor, Jaron Thompson. That's just a few of the transfers. Mm-hmm. When you add that, that is a lot of the names that have been called mm-hmm. over the last year, mm-hmm. two seasons, well, a season or two. I would say if, okay, so this was, let me just say this. You mentioned the production. Mm-hmm. Nash Talks Texas. He's a friend of our show. Um, Nash, he tweeted, um, when you had, take the offense that's leaving, that's 243 yards a game, 243 yards a game that Texas has to replace. Sure. So if you get enough, at least 48 yards a game from Cook, Golden, Blue, Baxter, and Helm, that could make up for it. That seems really tough. The good thing is you have, we got some good transfers coming in, and like Golden, right, right, coming in, but and he's experienced and he's a touchdown scorer. But oh, I just don't know how you. Sanders, Witt, yeah, I'm, Worthy, Mitchell, right. One one of the strengths that's like every game, right. One of the strengths that we went on and on about this year with Texas was the depth of that wide receiver room, mm-hmm. the depth of of the the offense. Frankly, mm-hmm. um, of course, we know Malik Murphy's transferring out. You you hate to lose a talent like that at backup, 
understand why, right? right. But um, Texas's future looks bright in the quarterback position. I don't think that's the biggest concern. But once you've kind of depleted that those backups, yes, I love that we've got. I mean, this is going to be Cook's time to to shine, right? Like I think he knows that he's going to step up. Um, of course, Blue and Baxter, yeah, like we know that these guys are fully capable, and especially the way that they were playing towards the end of the season um, gives a lot of hope. My biggest concern is that wide receiver room, um, not having the depth there. Right. Again, like you mentioned, Golden's going to make a big difference, and he's going to have that experience and be a senior leader You know, coming into the program. Um, we've got the talent there. This is where Cook is going to have to stand up. But to me, the bigger concern and where Texas – I feel was one of their strengths. The bigger concern is the next man up. Who right. is the next man up? Because we're, we're still filling those holes. We're still filling it out. Again, I have no question in my mind that that Sark's going to utilize the transfer portal. Well, but we are going to have to rely on some younger guys stepping up quickly um, and making and being difference makers. And we're going to have to rely on a transfer again, coming in and, and taking a leadership role. Right. So, yeah, I think that for me is the biggest concern is that wide receiver question mark. Um, about what that room is going to look like. Well, I think year. the for as far as the offense <coughs> offensive production, if we do get Quinn Ewers back and Arch Manning still has another year to develop and, mm-hmm. and get some more experience, what's going to be key is how much experience comes back on the offensive line. Yes. Jake yeah, Majors returning, mm-hmm. huge. Three-year starter, that's huge. Right. And of the offensive line, we're only losing Christian Jones. Right. So that is massive, having that continuity, having that – excellent pass protection for whoever's at quarterback Mm -hmm. and that will the run game like everything can keep flowing we're losing Jonathan Brooks to the draft but unfortunately we lost him during the season which fortunately gave the other uh, players more time so um that I think the run game will be smooth and keep going Mm -hmm. the passing game that's going to be more of a question mark of who steps up who earns Sark's trust to like this year it was it was a couldn't get the ball to everybody because there were so many right. great receivers. There wasn't enough balls to go around. Right. Mm-hmm. Next year, it doesn't, I don't know yet who, where the depth is going to come from. Right. In I, the receiver position. Agreed. And, and I think a lot of it too, is about building that chemistry with Quinn too. You know, I, I think a big step that we saw Quinn take this year was he got more comfortable with his receivers. He mm-hmm. knew his guys, they'd worked together plenty of times. So it's just that second nature of knowing the routes, knowing where your guy's going to be, trusting that they're going to be there. That, to me, is going to be the biggest question mark. Again, we know that Cook is going to step up. We've seen flashes of brilliance from him. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be really important for him being really one of the big guy coming back. Gunnar Helm, I think, is going to need to step into a much larger role. Right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, again, when you're talking about having a transfer guy come in, um, yes, he brings leadership. That's awesome. But he also doesn't maybe necessarily have quite that chemistry with the, the quarterback yet, with with Quinn. Um, so that's going to be really interesting to see how those relationships develop too. Yeah. And yeah. I think, oh, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. I would say in addition to like the timing and the trust and everything, I think one of the key things in Sark's offense is downfield blocking from the receivers. Like how many times have we seen Adonai Mitchell or Jay Witt way downfield blocking for someone mm-hmm. key blocks downfield. So I'm excited to see who, not just can be the one that catches the ball, but be the one that helps move the offense down the field with those key blocks. That's huge in, in Sark's offense. Right. And we didn't see 
there was, there was a struggle in the beginning of the season, but later as the season went on, we really saw like Jatavian Sanders step up in his tight end role, just helping downfield and what a difference it makes to get the offense going. So that's going to be another key thing that he's, that they're going to have to develop quickly. Right. Agreed. You know, and that's something looking at when you take away somebody like Adonai Mitchell, dude would go up and every time I was confident he was coming down with the 50, 50 ball. Right. Oh, big, strong, you know, his blocking was there. It was key. Um, Jordan Whittington, again, we saw, he might not have had these crazy numbers this year. It had a hell of a season, but where Jay Witt's strength was again, the leadership, we know that, but it was the stuff that was happening that stats don't show. Right. The blocks, him getting downfield, you know, I think a defining moment of who Jordan Whittington is and what he meant to the team was that play at TCU. Yes. Right. Goes up, gets the ball, turns it over, comes back and clocks the guy. I mean, listen, that kind of play, that's what I'm interested to see. Who's going to step up and have that kind of drive. Right. Who's going to have that kind of burning fire to come in and do whatever is necessary, Mm -hmm. throw the blocks, even if they're not the one getting the ball, set those plays up, do the right things. I, yeah, I think that's going to be a huge key piece of Texas's success or not success next year. Well, we have some superstars coming in too. We have mm-hmm. to think too the I know they're just freshmen and it will take them a while, but 18, I think of them are, are going to be um, early enrollees mm-hmm. already going to be on campus. So that's massive to have almost the entire signing class in early. Yeah. But when you have, we're talking about wide receiver depth right now, Ryan Wingo. Right. I mean, I'm still shocked. He's, <laughs> I'm still shocked. He's at Texas. Um, that's massive. And when you can start developing the younger offensive linemen that are coming in, like five-star Brandon Baker, that's mm-hmm. huge. So we have um, we have receiver, receiver depth coming mm-hmm. and O-line depth coming. So that's exciting. And then, of course, we have some superstar running backs coming too. So it's it should be reloading, reloading right, right now. So that's that's going to be fun. So you've got a fun. positive outlook for the for the future of the offense. Oh, uh, the, the recruiting has been so good for, 24 class, 23, 22. Mm-hmm. The, Sark is a fantastic, and his staff, fantastic recruiters. And you can tell they have three top five classes in a row. This one still isn't finalized, closed out yet, but it's projected right. to finish top four. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's you. That's what blue bloods do. And that's the, the, win, the teams that win the national championships are the ones that recruit in the top five every year. So right. as much as people say, oh, you can't only go by stars, or you can't only go by. No, you can still, there's always that three star that rises up to be great, just as often as there's a five star that fails, right? So, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, the blue chip ratio is there and the teams that recruit the best win the most games. That's just how it goes. Right, right. And again, that that coaching consistency, too, is going to be really helpful with the offense. I, I think we're in, in great hands. Now, let's talk about defense a little bit. Yep. Just in time. Yep. yep. Colin yep. Simmons is coming too. five star on the edge. Yep. Absolutely. Thank you, Carlos. So, again, we'd be remiss not to bring up how how do we think the Bo Davis news is going to affect? Do you think it's going to affect commitments to Texas? Do you think that's going to make any changes? Um or how how does Texas approach this and hold on to the class that they have right now, knowing that well, GPs- most of our guys have signed because they are going to be early mm-hmm. enrollees. So uh, there's there's a def- defensive lineman. I think he's committed to Baylor. There's one, and then there's a transfer <laughs> out of Houston. Um, Sandman thirty three twenty three mentioned mm-hmm. the the portal, the defensive tackle. Yeah, Bo Davis could leaving could uh, definitely affect that. Yeah. 
Um, he could also, I've heard reports today that he could also stay with Houston or is considering Oregon too. So there's, um, yeah, I mean, Bo Davis is the attraction. The university is the attraction. But when you have a skilled position coach like that, mm-hmm. that really has the resume of developing players that players want to come play for, of course, that's going to affect. But we have to wait and see if he brings in Vrabel. <laughs> If Sark brings Mike Vrabel in. I love that you're starting this campaign and just going to stick to with Texas. it. Hashtag Vrabel to Texas. I love it. I no, love it. it's not happening. Yeah, listen. Yeah, I think this is something, again, this is where Sark is not known. He doesn't make knee-jerk hires. He doesn't make fast hires, right? This is going to be a well-thought-out, well-oiled machine, along with CDC, of course. Um, you know, the, the Board of Regents has to be involved with it, too. But... At this point, I feel that Texas's administration and coaching is so in lockstep about how to move forward and and what the path forward is. Right. I am. I do. I feel good knowing. I mean, it sucks that Coach Davis is leaving, but I am confident. I have. I feel good about who is in charge of bringing the next. You know, the next man up. Mm-hmm. Again, we we've talked about this. Sark comes from that Saban coaching tree. And my God, how many coaches has, you know, Saban rehabbed or built up? He is constantly having Mm -hmm. to to reload, having to find the next head coach. And I think Sark has that. He pulled that from Saban really well. And we know he talks to him a lot, too. So, yeah, I mean, I think this is this is a very, very important hire. One of the more important hires that Texas has faced since uh, Coach Sark has taken the reins. Um, but yeah, I do think I've got confidence in it. I, again, you want to see like completely silly or completely realistic. Who would you want to see in that position? Do you have anybody in your mind that I don't keep a list yeah, of potential D line, uh, D line coaches. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, Brable's a linebackers coach, but of course he can coach <laughs> anywhere because he was a head coach and a defensive coordinator forever. So um, I'll still take Brable. <laughs> I can just stick with it. That's so funny. I love it. All yeah. right. Well, okay. So we've got some, uh, we talked about it. Offense, defense, um, again, some key pieces uh, of Texas, the offense to me feels like the heaviest of, of like the, the worry of how many players that we're losing. Right. To me, no, only because Sark can scheme the offense and whatever we have talent coming in, there's still bodies on, there's still some good talent already on the roster. So, and, and with that offensive line, I feel fine. If, if Quinn is back, I feel good. If we have to move to, if we're moving to Mar- uh, Manning season, if it's Manning mania time, <laughs> I feel like Sark will have him. He's already been on campus for um, over a year and a half now, right? Mm -hmm. Or two years now. When did he get on campus? I don't know. It's a year and a half. About a year. year. Yeah. I don't know. A year. No, he's he's the early enrollee last year. So he's been there year, one year, Mm -hmm. right? And another full off season. So whoever rolls out as QB one, I'm I'm good. Who do you want to be QB one? I would I would prefer Quinn Ewers still. Because he's more experienced right. and he'll be third year with the system and going into the SEC is not the time to break in the new right. quarterback. I would agree with that. I Look, I I understand the hype around Arch Manning. And when he's been in, he's been he's electric. He's going to be great. Yeah, yes. I love it. But but I, I am an advocate for a little bit of patience here. And I think you're absolutely right. Listen, you were showed great growth. Um, yes. And he, I, again, with another year with Coach Sark, I, 
I have confidence he's going to be even better. But to me, the more key part is that mental, that leadership aspect of it. Mm -hmm. He knows how to run this offense. He's comfortable with it. Um, and now with that real game experience and, and as he's going into the 2024 season, yeah, I think it would be foolish to hope for Manning right. over, over yours at this point. I understand the hype. I understand the excitement and I'm excited when we get to that point to watch, you know, Arch Manning take the reins, but 2024, I don't feel like is his year. I think this is not this is yet. time. I yeah. wish, I wish we had, when we had those 20 point leads in games, I wish we really could have put teams away so that Arch could have played more and Malik could have played more. Right. I wish we could have had that. Well, that's another argument too, though. Even, even if we were in a position where Texas is up by 20 and we shut it down and stomp on the opponent to get some, you know, trash time in for our backups, it still would have been Malik. We don't know how much we would have seen from from Arch Manning this year, you know? Yeah, I yeah, I just I would have liked to see even more Malik. We would get Texas would get the big leads and then we know <laughs> lose the big leads and be fighting to the last second in a in a few games. So we didn't get to see Malik as much or Arch very little. So there's still a lot. Arch right. needs so much more game time to, before you just hand over the reins. And hopefully this next coming season, there are some brawl games. And there's a few where Texas may not even be favored, won't be favored. Right. But there will be some where Texas will be favored big. And hopefully Texas goes out, handles business, and then Arch gets lots of playing time. If he could get significant, like a good fourth quarter in at least four or five games this season, this upcoming season, that would be good stuff on film mm -hmm. to help develop him for the following year. And that also helps Quinn. If Quinn goes out in a, this tough schedule mm -hmm. at Michigan, Georgia at home, you know, the Cotton Bowl game, Oklahoma is going to be better. They When you have big time games like that throughout the season, in addition to, I don't know who is it, like Mississippi State, I don't even have the schedule, but there's going to be some good games at A&M. If Quinn can go and look good against good defenses, that's going to skyrocket his draft stock and his Heisman talk and all the other things. And his third year under the system with a QB expert like Sark, right? To me, I, I would love. It's all upside. I would love. Yeah. yeah, there's upside. To me, I would love for him to come back and take advantage of all. Yeah, that. I agree. I, I I think that's that's a good way to look at it. Now. You know, we talked about the tough schedule that Texas has coming up. Yeah, going into the SEC, it's a different kind of competition, right? Mm -hmm. We know that everybody, Texas always has a target on their back. We know that. Um, but I, one could argue Texas has a pretty, a relatively easy SEC schedule. It's favorable. It's, it's favorable. I wouldn't yeah. call it easy. easy. Is the, is the I would say it's favorable. But, you know, <laughs> let's not take our first are are out of conference lightly right looking ahead colorado state mm -hmm. colorado state had moments this year with norvell their coach and i actually watched a lot of colorado state this year because my stepdaughter is at yeah colorado state and so she'll be excited when she grew up a longhorn she puts her horns up she's a big longhorn but her and her boyfriend are now at colorado state so we cheer for them and it, we were shooting so hard when they played colorado <laughs> they almost had it they did in that blizzard snowstorm she was at that game yeah and so that that's not going to be in, like they're they're up and coming Colorado State. They've got lots of good transfers. Right. And again, a game at Michigan. We talked Texas about Texas will earlier. handle them, but don't take them lightly. Yeah, I agree. And then Michigan. Yeah, listen. <laughs> National defending champ. Right. I mean, look, I I love for a long time there's been this question of does it make sense to schedule cupcakes? Mm -hmm. Right. And in, in your non-conference, if you're in a hard conference like the SEC, does it make sense to schedule cupcakes? And Texas hasn't done that. We've 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 never shied away from bringing 
playing those big games, Notre mm-hmm. Dame, you know, Michigan, Ohio State. Right. It, I And I love that about Texas. You know, again, we had Georgia on, on the schedule mm-hmm. prior to the announcement that Texas right. was going to the SEC. So, um, yeah, I again, if in my my thought, my philosophy on this is if you're going to be the best, you've got to beat the best. Right. right. You can't be scared and it kind of backdoor your way into things by playing a bunch of cupcakes. So right. I like it. But, yeah, it does raise the stakes um, for these kind of games. Now, the upside is Texas front loading, you know, their their non-conference schedule, a loss at Michigan isn't going to hurt them as much as a loss at the end of the season would. Right. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's something to consider and take a look at. Just like losing at home to Texas, Alabama, it didn't hurt them at the end. Right. And but because Texas scheduled that tough game, went out and won it, that helped them all the way through. Absolutely. Once the once the polls started to come out, they just stayed ahead of Alabama. They stayed ahead of, they stayed ahead of Alabama because that head-to-head win mattered. Right. Which the committee now the, people were questioning if they move Alabama ahead of Texas, then that's just going to tell everybody don't schedule these big games, right? And they rewarded Texas for that. Right. So if Texas goes in and handles Michigan, which would be amazing. But if Texas were to go in and handle Michigan or whoever goes in and handles big non-conference early, they're telling you, you will be rewarded for that. Game. Yeah. Yeah. Ideally, again, in the ideal ideally. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. Like Texas going in, there's absolutely no way Texas makes the college football playoff without beating Alabama at the beginning of the year. I just don't see that path being clear, especially with some of the closer games that we had in the big 12. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, I agree with you. I think having that harder schedule at Alabama, um, for Texas this year was the make or break that made the difference mm-hmm. in them being a college football playoff team or not. So, right. Yeah, definitely something to keep an eye on. Of course, we'll, we'll look at that and we'll talk about it more as we get into it. So are we ready? Like I'm, I'm going to say before we wrap up our, our Texas football talk right here, do you have a, a some kind of crazy, we, we talked about doing some way too early 2024 predictions. Oh, way early bold predictions. <laughs> oh, before before we do that, let's say so we're talking about the schedule, right? Mm-hmm. Carlos says the road games are going to be fun at Piggy, which is Arkansas, mm-hmm. little brother, we know that's the Aggies, and then the party trip to Nashville. <laughs> so if if my Titans are playing that Sunday in Nashville, yeah, we'll check out that's that going to be the best weekend. <laughs> that's going to be amazing. That does that, that schedule will come out till March or April, whenever they release the NFL schedule. But that's the first thing I'm going to be looking at to is line what's up. happening that weekend. I like it. I like yes. it. Yeah. It's, it's, oh, I'm 97 years old. <laughs> Aww. Stop. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it, it will be. The The road trips are definitely going to be different. Definitely going to be going to new places and having some good times. So, sweet of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it was going to be it's going to be an exciting 2024. So, all right. Bring on your uh, give me your crazy predictions for 20. The way too early. Well, they're not crazy. They're just bold. <laughs> Fair enough. So I have three bold predictions. And where did I put them? It's so hard. OK, number one. Texas offensive line will win the Joe Moore Award. Jim Moore Award. Jim Moore Award. Texas. I keep saying Joe. It's yeah. once, it, once it's in your head the wrong way, it's, it's going to stay. Right? Jim Moore Award. Um, so te- that's my number one bold prediction. Texas offensive line is going to win that best award, best offensive line in the country. Number two, Baxter and Blue are going to combine for 1,800 rushing yards. And number three, 
Michael Taft is going to lead the team in interceptions. Damn. All right. That's that. I, yes. Bold, I think, is 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 the right word for that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Crazy predictions for for Texas for me. I don't know, man. I didn't have a whole lot of time to think about this. I do think that uh, I think Texas wins at Michigan. Like I, I I feel good about it. I like going into the big house. I, I I'm taking that. Wow. I'm, yeah. Listen, I, I do not. I, I have faith and that's okay. Like yeah. I felt good about Texas going into Alabama and we called that a year out. Yeah. We're going to win that game. Yep. I do not. I would not call that today. That's but fair. Good. That's I'm, I'm going to call bold. it. I, I like it. I, I think Texas, again, we know these are going to be two very different teams next season going into the big house, but, um, this this coaching staff certainly has a way. There's it's never been a question if Texas could get up for the big games, and this is going to be one hell of a big game. Oh. So I, I'm I'm looking forward to that game. I, I think Texas uh, takes that there. So that that's my big bold prediction. I like that you had three. I don't know that I have three. Oh, I thought we were going to have three, year. but that's fine. Yeah, I, that's your one big. You can do that's that three times. Bold. Yeah, three times. I Who guess, do you think so. is going to be a breakout player then? Oh man, on offense and defense. That'll give you three. Well, look, I will say this. You know. I wanted to talk about this a little bit earlier. So I think David Benda coming back is massive news. Uh, Again, watching, we, we were fortunate enough to be able to interact with him a little bit uh, at Hayden Connors charity event, the the pup drive and just watching him, how he interacts with players, how the guys work along with him. I think he's going to be a key piece to, um, to the defense, obviously, but I, but I think he's going to be a team leader. Um, I, I think he's going to be one of the guys that, you know, comes together and, and the team rallies around and listens to, um, because he is in that, that more senior positions, that senior role. And I think he's ready to step up and take yes. that. So, uh, breakout player, I don't know, but I think he is going to be one of the key leaders on yes, the Texas team. I agree. So yeah, I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> awesome. So Yeah. Um, all right. Well, we are again, we're coming up on the four o'clock hour. We are excited to have a friend join us. We are waiting for a boss to, to join in. Uh, we'll He's talk about on him a Twitter little bit. as burnt orange man, the burnt orange man. That's right. Um, but before we get to that, we do want to give a shout out to Covert Bee Cave. Again, if you guys, if y'all are looking for a quality newer used vehicle, Covert Bee Cave has a wonderful facility with amazing selection of vehicles. Um, you, you've talked about it. You're looking at maybe getting a new ride uh, next well, year. Well, I, yeah. not right now. No, not <laughs> for, not until Nadia takes off with my Bronco. <laughs> yeah. Then then I will need one. Well, there you go. But yeah, uh, it, again, y'all, if you're looking for, again, new car, used car, uh, Covert Bee Cave is a great place to go. They are nestled on 42 acres in the beautiful hill country just outside uh, of Austin. They're in Bee Cave, Texas. Um, they have three new state-of-the-art auto dealerships with seven brands. Again, doesn't matter what you're looking for. They're going to have you covered. They've got Buick, GMC, Cadillac, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram, in addition to our seven brands. Uh, yeah, Covert also has Ford and Chevy and Hutto and Ford and Lincoln and Austin. So again, doesn't matter what you're looking for, new or used, they'll get you hooked up. Be sure to check them out at covertbcave.com. Uh, you can see the latest specials there and check out their inventory. So yeah, good job, Megan. Pretty good place. Yeah, so if you need a vehicle, go to Covert. All right, so our friend is here. All right, we, we got him coming on, y'all. This is going to be exciting. Uh, we will, without further ado, we got you. hold on, man. We got a, we got some feedback going from you. So yeah. let's, uh, let's see if we can't get that sound back up. All right. Let's get you on. All right. 
Oh, well, we got you muted right now, eh, boss? We got we got some feedback going from your from your. Yep, we'll wait for one second while we get that figured out. Look at this setup. That's amazing. I know. I love it. Uh, yeah, it's it's great, man. Um, again, if you guys haven't met a boss around the games, like if you've been to DKR this year, you've seen him. He is awesome. Yes. As you can see, he's got his incredible getup going on. Yeah. Look at that, man. I love it. I and love it. All decked out for us today. Yep. Oh, no, Still got a little bit of a hum there, bud. <laughs> we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. There we go. That fixed it. <laughs> I think it's this way. That's oh, perfect. No. That's there we right. go. Awesome. We rock it. Welcome. So How I you doing? love it. I, we're doing great, man. Can you hear us okay? Oh yeah, great, great. I love it. Well, yeah. Again, if you guys, if you've been to DKR or a big game this year, you might have seen a boss running around, known as the burnt orange man. I mean, this guy literally covered head to toe, got the beard painted. It's freaking amazing, man. We, we're so happy to have you, a boss. Thanks thank you, me. thank you. I'm so excited <laughs> to be on. So, and, then, and I think Brad called this the Charlie Strong finger. So it is yes, the Charlie Strongfinger <laughs> from the. Yeah, I think that was 2015 or 16, where he had, you know, a 15 when he beat OU. Yes, he uh, put the, the finger. The it was he was going like this, but his finger looked fifteen yeah. inches long. Yeah, it looked insane. So that is awesome. certainly the Charlie Strong. And look at it, hey, hey, Mr. Burn Orange Man, yes, I love it. Exactly. So we're yeah. we're so excited to have you on, man. Thank you. For I'm coming. so excited to be on. Yeah, I, I found out my wife actually gave me the name Burn Orange Man. She just called me it randomly, and I I ran with it. Um, so I give her. I you met her in New Orleans, Megan. Yeah. And, She's a uh, she's not a fan, but she supports me. That's what I tell people. She she's uh, a fan of you, Aww, and she's great. Listen, yeah, she sure. loves what I do. So yeah. when I met her, she was decked out in her burn orange, and she was oh, yeah. proud and proud and excited. So oh yeah, yeah. I, I, I got it. her all her gear. So <laughs> well, that's fantastic, man. So tell us a little bit about like how you got into. You're not originally from Texas. So. No, I'm from I'm from Michigan originally, and I've been a diehard sports fan since probably eight years old, wanted to work for ESPN. It never happened, but I think, what, 2004 when Texas played Michigan, I'm not a Michigan fan, a Michigan State fan, but when they played Michigan and I saw Vince Young whoop on them, um, I became a fan of his instantly, and then I didn't watch the game in 05. I don't know why, but um, <laughs> I, I rewatch it all the time because – one of the greatest games I've ever seen from an individual player. And I mean, the national championship obviously is the biggest thing. So, um, and then I moved here. What? This is crazy. I moved here 2011 mm -hmm. and didn't go to a game until my wife told me to go in 2020 when I met her in 2021. I love oh it. My goodness. it. It took me 10 years to move to downtown. And then I've always been a sports fan, but she was like, just go to a game, check it out. And, if I had a picture from my first game, I didn't look anything like this. And so, so it, it developed. Oh, it developed. It so, took off. And um, she calls, um, sometimes she calls me the crazy burn orange man, but it's like, you know, it's the support I can, I can give the team. And, um, I love you know, it. listen, yeah. and I think it's great. I, I, fandom comes in all different kinds of forms, right? Like yeah. I wear a cape to games for God's sake. I'm a 41 year old woman. I wear a cape to games. So listen, no judgment here. I love it. And oh, yeah. you've, certainly, you've certainly built up this burn orange man character and, and people recognize you now, man. It's a ton of fun. But oh life, yeah. Life is too short not to have a good time, you know, supporting the things you love. So hundred percent. Yeah. Tell us a little bit. What brought you to Austin down from Michigan? Well, I had three, I was 21 when I moved here. I had three siblings already in Austin and there was nothing going on with the economy. So they just told me to get down here. <laughs> and 
uh, I I've been here ever since. I haven't le- I haven't gone back to Michigan in twelve years, and so I, I'm just rooted in Texas. I love Austin, and uh, that's why I started my business down here. But we'll talk about that more. But yeah, um, I love the sports. I mean, I like having professional teams, but UT is big enough that it's professional. You know, it's got every sport you can think of. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm, I think I met you at football originally, Megan, and then we oh, went. Actually. I went came to your baseball tailgate, yeah. and then. I just got immersed in your football tailgate, and that's where most of the parents met me. Most of my my fans met me. So uh, you were a bit, and, and your costume was why I took it to the next level too. When I saw you, I was like, "Let's see what I can do." I appreciate uh, it. So yeah, the first time I remember chatting with you was at uh, I think it was the baseball tailgate actually, where you had your suit. You have a custom tailored yeah. burn suit, and yeah. then you had your beard done up. And and yeah, I was like, "Dude, we got to talk. We got to yeah. talk." So yeah, no. Yep. That was awesome. I we love it. So again, I I love the the passion, the enthusiasm. You know, fans come from all different walks of life, and they show right. you support in all different ways. And yep. yeah, and I love it. So so, what inspired you to create the Burn Orange Man? Like, where'd that come from? I mean, like I said, my she was she was cool with the first iteration. I had spray painted my beard. She didn't like that, so she got me this hair gel that washes off in five minutes. So she tells people she doesn't really care about it, but she got me a lot of the stuff. Um, <laughs> she I found this jacket through her, this chain. It's a it's a Bluetooth speaker. She helped me set it up. So oh, I play wow. music through it. And um, I mean, my whole, like you said, my, I got the burn orange flag behind me, my my hats. So she, if she wasn't supportive, I wouldn't have any of this stuff. And that's, that's what I uh, I appreciate her. And Rocky, okay. you'll meet her eventually because uh, she's great. She'll come to some baseball. I'll bring her to some tailgates and uh, y'all will, you'll meet her. And R- Megan, you'll meet her again. So yeah, she's she's phenomenal, man. We had, yeah. a, we had a great time in in uh, in New Orleans, where again you you actually jumped on with the TSU uh, broadcast, live broadcast from New Orleans there too. Oh yeah. It, oh yeah. I, I was mentioning yeah. this. What some folks didn't know again, Avos is awesome, man. He shows up, shows the sport for Texas. You made the trip out to New Orleans um, without having a ticket and no plans to go to the game. You just wanted to be there and enjoy. Yeah. Tailgating. So tell us about that trip. That's crazy. Uh, it was, I mean, I made the, like I told you, I made the mistake of not telling my wife to get tickets. Cause when we were leaving, she was like, well, if you had told me enough time, I would have, we would have gotten tickets and gone to the game. But I just, uh, I wanted to meet my fans. I wanted to skateboard in new Orleans, even though the roads were terrible. Um, <laughs> yeah. You're lucky you didn't break a wrist on that or something. It's, yeah. yeah. I didn't, I skateboarded for like 30 seconds and then I was like, I can't do this. I don't want to hurt myself. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I told Brad when I first met him, I got they banned me from Bevo Boulevard because someone ran into someone on one of those scooters. Yeah. So I couldn't be on my skateboard the rest of the year. But um, New Orleans was great. The fans were amazing. Even Washington fans. I mean, I've never had a bad interaction with fans. I mean, it might be the get up. It might be the support. But even tech fans like I was going into that last game of the season thinking I'd get something from tech fans. And they were great. Um, and uh Speaking of the Michigan thing, when since they won the championship, I got my my wife's brother is a Michigan fan. I'm Michigan State, but because it's a Michigan team, I I rooted for them. Sure. And um, I mean, I'll I want to go up to U of M next year and you know uh, travel with them. I've never been to a road game, and I'm gonna hopefully go starting SEC season and go from there and see what happens. I so. love it, man. Well, I can definitely say you will make a splash at any game that you are at. People yeah. people yes. love to interact with you. Again, you're you're just genuinely fun guy. You yep. always have a great time. So 
you again so you mentioned you came in from from michigan you've been in austin for a while took yep. a little bit to go to the texas games but once you did it was in your blood man it so was much so, so much so that um you know you you named your your company your up-and-coming company your longhorn laundry oh uh, yeah um when i so i started it back in 2019 2020 it was called a different name covid mm-hmm. shut down my original company and then my, my, my clientele or my niche is college kids because college kids, I didn't go to college or, or I didn't go to school, but I learned that nobody really wants to do laundry or, or <laughs> they're dry cleaning, but college kids the most. I mean, they want to party. They got to study. And um, like I said, I love sports. And when NIL took effect, I restarted my company. And just thinking of the name, I was like, I support, Long, you know, Texas. Everybody knows what Longhorn, who Longhorns are. And I just went with Longhorn Laundry and it blew up. I mean, instantly college kids were hitting me up. Uh, I hit up some parents on uh, Twitter. I mean, Dr. April Finkley, who you you guys have had on. I hit her up and she contacted 20 to 25 parents. And then I, right now I have 20 players under NIL with my company. That's amazing, man. Listen, you've you've what you've been able to create and build in a short amount of time is really awesome. Listen, you got some love here from Jason. Love the energy, <laughs> Mr. Burn Orange Man. He's all about the styling and profiling on game. Yeah. And, so, and, yeah. and the funniest thing, one of my friends, we were, we were at a party a couple. I showed him a picture, and he he told me I didn't have enough stuff on. He said <laughs> I don't stand out enough. My wa- my wife was blown away, and I just said I need to add more stuff. So I'm well, I- uh. You've I'm taken still, that initiative and run with it. For I sure. have. I still got to do more. I don't know where I'm going to add, what I'm going to add, but I got this hand free, so I got to see what happens. <laughs> but um, hand. You need it to take selfies. <laughs> that is true. That is true. I um, but I also want to say, I, I, I'll give you all a shout out. First off, Megan, you were great when I first met you. Oh. You're the ultimate fan. I, I tell you this, and, and you're the reason this turned into what it did. And I wanted to sp- support you all as well. I love the podcast. Uh, you know, talking all things Texas is amazing. So I wanted to give my support. And um, that's why I, you know, support support the radio station. I love Brad. Yeah. So well, we, I'm excited we to see. And yeah, we're, we're so excited. Again, it's I love interacting with folks. And I love like being out there and meeting crazy and awesome people. <laughs> and you're just you got a good heart, man. You, you've always been good people. Thank Your you. Hustle's real. So yeah, let's talk about Longhorn Laundry a little bit. Again, so you mentioned that you have a lot of college students, again, with Longhorn Laundry. I would yep. agree wholeheartedly. Like, I hated doing laundry in college. It was like the worst thing, and I'd let it stack up for yep. so long. Um, but is that, I mean, are you exclusively catering to the campus area, or what, what, what service areas do you have? I go as far as the edge of Buda and Kyle, and as far as Georgetown. I don't go past, and then I go west. Westlake and then I go to East Austin. I mean, I, I take, I go over all over Austin. I mean, Greater there's no, area. oh yeah. Um, <laughs> and I mean, I'm doing very, like, it's, it's just me. I'm a sole entrepreneur. I'm a, I do the deliveries. I do everything you can think of the marketing. And um, so it, it, I just decided to take over Austin and uh, not focus on anything else. So well, I love it, my friend. You are absolutely killing it. Um, Thank you. Again, it, it, let's tell people how they can find you. Um, you. Again, give us a shout out. What's the best way to get a hold of you, to follow you, but also to find your business and to maybe uh, have your services rendered? Awesome. So I, you can follow me on Instagram. It's Longhorn Laundry, just one word. You can. Uh, the best way to contact me is call me directly. My, my direct number is 512-470-1005. I always answer. I'm the only one you would talk to. I handle all my customer service. I mean, I, that's my background. So I love talking to people. 
And um, my website, just longhornlaundry.com. And I'm offering a code. It's like it said, it's FTC 20 for yeah. y'all's fire the cannon 20. You get $20 off your first order. And it's free pickup and free delivery. That's so incredible. Wow. It, yeah. Free pickup and delivery. To me, that right there, that's that's the crazy part. Because again, it's doing the laundry and like having to take the time out to to mess with it is such a pain in the butt. But yep. the fact that it literally like I can leave it, you pick it up, it shows up clean. That's all I yep. have to do. I love it, man. So please, y'all, if you guys want to check out ABOS, uh, again, it's Longhorn Laundry. We put it in the comments. Um, it's $20 off your first order with free pickup and delivery. Yep. Uh, again, longhornlaundry.com. That code is FTC20. So FTC, as in fire the cannon, 20. Uh, and that'll get you the discount. So. Yep. And one last thing, yeah. um, I, like I said, I pride myself in customer service. So I got a Yelp page and I got a Google page. I've got 45 star reviews so that if you are hesitant, all you got to do is go to Google, type in Longhorn Laundry or go to Yelp. And all you see is five stars. I don't, there's yeah. nothing below a five star because that's how I run. That's how I work. And that's how I get customers. If people see the reviews and they know it works and I have big names on there. I mean, I got, I got Malik Muhammad. I got JT Sanders. I got Every name you can think of, you know, big names on uh, for football, baseball, basketball. Brock Cunningham's my, I'll be honest, he's my favorite client. I love <laughs> who he is and what he's about. So just look at my company. You'll see it. I mean, you know me. You guys know me. But my word is a bond. You know, it sticks with it. That's so true, man. we saw Justice Finkley gave you a great review. too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yep. And his parents are going to give me reviews because they know me. And, and she was the start of it all. She NIL wouldn't have happened without Dr. April Frankly and then met her husband and all the parents. I mean, parents were hitting me up left and right. And, um, <laughs> yes. I, and you guys mentioned Colin Simmons. I hit up his mom and told him, hey, told her as soon as he hits campus, hit me up. I'll get him taken care of because we know he's going to get busy. Five star and, you know, work with a five star company. So. I love it. Five star, oh, five stars, five, five star, star clients, company. five yeah. star company. Yeah. So, hey, before we let you go, we have a question. Do you have any plans of expanding uh, in your services to San Antonio? Yeah, I got a friend. Uh, he actually runs Austin TBT. I think the basketball, the the retired, that that basketball program. He's talking to UTSA, and he, I'm going to talk to him and see if we can get San Antonio involved um, because he's out there and he'd uh, we we'd continue it out there. So. That's definitely somewhere I'm looking to go. San Antonio's probably the furthest. I wouldn't go to Waco because you got Baylor. There's no reason to to be out there, and it's too far. But San Antonio is definitely in the works. There's I no love reason it. to be in Waco. All right, so no right now, reason. <laughs> so right now it's the greater Austin area, but San Antonio is soon to come. Yes, we love it. All right, man. Well, as always, you guys, if you are looking for a boss, please on Instagram follow him at Longhorn Laundry. Um, he's also on Twitter as yep. the Orange Man. Uh, he's a ton of fun. If you see him out and about at a game. You get you you can catch him at football. You can catch him out at baseball, basketball. If you see him out at a game, stop, give him a shout out. Like yep. he, he's a he's a great guy, awesome business. So. That was amazing. Yeah, we thank you. Love, I we love it. Thank you. And like I told, just for us. Thank you. And I was gonna say, if if I can be a, a guest for a you know a longer episode, I have so much more to talk about my experiences with people. With I mean, last thing I met. Brian Bosworth from OU back when he was back in the day, he he gave me the horns down like most people do, but probably <laughs> one of the nicest fans. And that's the funniest thing. The horns down, I get that from anybody, but they're smiling. It's not in a negative way, but, you know, I just smile along with them because, you know, it is what it is. It's Absolutely. their only way to be negative to Texas. So. Absolutely. <laughs> well, you know, while we have you, did you see all the breaking news? We'll share it with you. Was and that? Coming up Bo on the messages. 
Saban's Bo Davis? retired. Yep. Nick Saban is retired. Oh, wow. Who's yeah. that? Wow. That's Pretty breaking crazy. now. Breaking news. Announcing. Good for him. Good. <laughs> he was amazing. I mean, Mich- he played. He was Michigan State's head coach at one point, and then mm-hmm. didn't do much there. But, man, Alabama, that was a powerhouse. Yeah, absolutely. Do you absolutely. think they're going to go after Sark? <laughs> I, I, I would think if he didn't have the year, well, he could, but I don't think he's leaving. I've met him, and I met his his son's going to be a client, so I know the, the you know them personally. I don't think he'll leave Texas because he's built so much. And why leave it when we're at the you know we're at the pinnacle? And then next year the playoffs is going to be what twelve teams, so it's going to be easier to get in. And I don't think he'll leave. But if he does, I wouldn't be shocked. He was next in line, I'm sure. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, you are be- amazing. You're amazing, Thank- Burnt Orange Man. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I love y'all. Y'all, y'all are great. Thank you. Appreciate you. you. We'll have of you back course. soon. You too. Thank you. All right. Have a great day. Hook em. Thank you. Hook them. <laughs> Again, that's all. I love you, boss. His and energy is so good, and because his energy is so good, people want to work with him and trust him. And right. now he's building this really great clientele. And when you have big names as clients, like the players on campus, when you're Longhorn Laundry and your clients are Jatavion Sanders and, you know, Malik Muhammad and Justice Finkley and these players, then people like, oh, okay, they're, they're <laughs> trusting you. Then maybe I, yeah. yeah, he's really, he hustles too. He does. When we were at one of the tailgates, he was handing out um, koozies and different things. And yeah, no, he's yeah. awesome. We love him and we, we appreciate him supporting uh, supporting Fire the Cannon, supporting Texas Sports Unfiltered, and cool that he was on with this crazy breaking, breaking news. news. It's blowing up in the messages. We're like, we'll get to it. We'll get Absolutely. To it. So yeah, it, um, it does look like uh, Nick Saban has officially decided to retire. Um, again, the man leaves with how many rings? Does he even have enough fingers for he, all his rings? How many like. do they have? I don't know. Yeah. So it it's, looks. Yeah, it's everywhere the news. Yeah. yeah. So Saban uh, is retiring with a record of. 201 and 29 that is an absolutely phenomenal record. Unheard of. Best football coach ever. Yeah. College football coach. Maybe football coach, but college football coach for sure. Well, his NFL career wasn't the best. No, but, but I'm saying college for sure. if you take the winningest, <coughs> does anyone else right. have that percentage of winning at a place? Right. Yeah. Wow. Pretty crazy. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this is this is looking nuts. Oh, I'm sorry. This is with Alabama. He's 21. Uh, uh, two. 201 games won to 29 lost at Alabama. His overall. What, almost about what, 90%? Yeah. Something around yeah, that. Yeah. So he's 292, 71, and one in college, which is pretty, pretty phenomenal. Um, yeah. So this is great. Let me, I'm, let me offer this. Did Texas break Nick Saban? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Texas goes in, beats well, Alabama at I home. Mean, Michigan can say they broke him. Well, that's fair too. That's you know, fair too. What else? I mean, he's done it all. Yeah. And, but he's still so young. I mean, I forget how young he is, but he's still fairly young. Isn't he still in his sixties? Yeah. Yeah. He's, he still has and all that money. And also, I mean, he makes ridiculous money as a coach. But Almost also, 12 million a year. Yeah. Yes. But also his wife makes crazy money. Is it Mary Kay or I think she's Mary Kay, but she's like she, elite, elite, high level Mary Kay makes tons her. of money herself. Mama got the bag too. Yes. And so she, they can go live their dreams yeah. while they're so young. I think it's fair to say uh, they're not going to be hurting for money when he retires. No, he's going to uh, live his good life. So, yeah. So Nick Saban at 72 oh, years old, 72. actually. 72. Okay. So, yeah, I get it. Uh, yeah. Again, making 11.7 
Okay, Carlos says we broke him. We <laughs> gave him his final home Thank loss. you. Listen, Bama hadn't lost at home in how long? 10 years? 50 something, something like that. games or whatever Crazy. It was. Yeah. And, uh, and Texas comes in, and and I'm going to take that. I'm going to say Texas broke Nick Saban. But listen, uh, that, that really does bring up a ton of interesting stuff. Who who does Alabama go after at this point? Well, someone said Pete Carroll. Oh. Well, yeah, but so yes, Pete Carroll is taking an office position. That was their agreement to, you know, him voluntarily <laughs> sure. step aside. But he could say he could want to still coach. I mean, he was elite at college level at USC. Pete Carroll. I mean, he's did really well at Seattle for a while. It didn't go well after well, uh, Russell Wilson left. But well, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> but he, he won a Super Bowl. Didn't they win a Super Bowl with Seattle? Yeah, look, it, Pete or Carroll. Is that the one that they I just don't. Bad, I wouldn't see Pete they Carroll were in the Super Bowl. I know that wanting to come back to the headache, like we were talking about earlier, the recruiting. The of same college. reason Harbaugh should leave Michigan. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> so I, it's it, interesting that several you know coaching names are opening up, and I I love this thought right here. Uh, Daryl, do you bring this up? Saban was retiring. Go hire Freddie Roach. Yeah, that that would not be a terrible he replacement. Would know him? How long has Freddie Roach been there? Yeah, no, hey, they, Stark would know him. Yeah, yeah, no, I think that's a that is a legitimate. Ooh, uh, yeah, a lot of mix It's really and, nice of Saban to retire so that we can have their DL coach, <laughs> right? We'll just cherry pick <laughs> from there. Now, you asked Dave Boss earlier. Oh, you know, you think Bama's going to come after Sark? I, I, Why wouldn't they? That's interesting. Yeah, I talk on that a little bit. Like, what you think that's something where Sark? Yeah, I agree. I mean, Sark has so many ties to Alabama. And wasn't he like some kind of coach in waiting while he was there? Like, the understanding was he was there to be the heir apparent to the Saban <laughs> to the Alabama dynasty on like, his second route. Yeah, yes, on his second second time there. Yeah, like he, they were building Sark to mm-hmm. be to take over at some point. So if Sark was still an OC or or play caller there, this would be going to Sark right now at Alabama sure, if sure. that was still the way it was lining up. But Sark is building, like someone just said, he's building his own legacy here at Texas. And we've we have been we've talked about this offline uh before, but this what's happening at Texas feels real. Like it right. feels like a foundation. It feels solid. It feels like when you go into Alabama and win that that's great but when you go on and still have success and get all the way to the playoffs it feels like a the trajectory is in the right direction right. and it feels like ooh something's coming that's sustainable not a flash in the pan right so maybe what sark is building here i'm not going to say oh it's the next bama but it feels really solid the way you know saban had his bumps at the beginning of alabama but was building and recruiting and and building get, collecting the right staff that's what feels like what Sark is doing. And of course he learned from Nick Saban, but, and Pete Carroll. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it feels like they're building what Sark is building is really solid. So why would he leave for Alabama when he even said Texas is a dream job? Yeah. Listen, I, and I think that's a, the, the big point. Yeah. I, I love that somebody it, you're talking about Bama fans thinking they can buy Sark. There are very few schools that can outbid or outplay Alabama and Texas is one of them. Listen, Texas isn't going to get money whipped. That's, that's not a, that's not as right now. Saban, even though he has way more wins and deserves way more money, he's getting paid about twice what Sark is getting paid. Sure. Sark needs a raise. I I don't disagree with that. Don't don't guarantee him 85 million for 10 years. (sighs) Don't guarantee him that, but he does need a raise. He is not even the top 20 paid. paid. And, And I think as we're seeing the, the changes with, you know, looking for the replacement for coach Bo Davis, you know, making it to the CFP. We know that Sark 
is due for a raise. We know mm-hmm. that he made all his bonuses getting that far in the season, finishing what number three, number two in the polls. Right. Um, yeah, I, this is something that we know Sark's going to make more money. No question. The point I was making is we're, if we're a different school, it is very possible that somebody could come in and just Alabama with the money they have. Alabama's boosters are nuts too. I mean, mm-hmm. they're obviously on Texas level too, right. but Texas is such a big school. Like we're not getting money whipped by anybody. We're not the school that gets money whipped. And and I agree with that. Listen, Sark coming to Texas, he knew what he was taking on. Texas was not in a great place. We know that Herman had some success, but there were foundational issues like we've talked about. Right. Um, and given Coach Sark's background, uh, given what he's been through, he feels like the right man for this job when he took it over. And he has a vision and he's had success too. This isn't something where, <coughs> excuse me, we're in, you know, a few years of wait and see. Is Sark's vision going to come to life? Okay? <laughs> excuse me. Sorry about that, y'all. Okay? I know you have been fighting this call for a while. Um, it, it, we're not waiting for, for his vision. We're seeing the fruits of that come now. Right. So, yeah. I don't think this is something that Sark is going to abandon where he's at right now at a program like Texas. I just don't see that coming. No, I I agree. Right now, he's got his staff. He's got his recruits. He's got momentum. And it would would take a lot. I don't even know what it would take for him to leave right now. I think he feels good at Texas. Mm -hmm. So, and he's got, and he's got the athletic department support, which is huge. So, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't blame Bama if they, you know, talk to his agent and find out if there's an opportunity because they love him. Yeah. I mean, certainly Bama would be foolish not to reach out. I just don't think that's anything that we would see come to fruition yeah I, I mean stranger things have happened i suppose but what about harbaugh to alabama right <laughs> that would be pretty crazy no if, if harbaugh goes anywhere he should go to the he's nfl yeah he's, he's i don't think he leaves michigan with where he's at but again looking at alabama my god those are some big shoes to fill you know you've got to have the right culture fit um do you think it's going to be somebody that came up under the the saban coaching tree Oh, I don't know. I guess well, I, I haven't. I like this. This news is just right. in my brain. There's so, like just just happened, and like have so much to think about with, you know, the D line hire that Texas needs, and the recruits. Somebody, you know, the transfer portal. Somebody said, do the Bama players go into the portal now? Like, yeah. watch for that. And just after the signing season, too, <laughs> you know, he had to finish the season with his team, and the the signing. The, there's some kids. Oh. The, there's one that we really want. Is it Ryan, Ryan Williams? Is what's his name? The wide receiver that mm-hmm. we classified to 25. That could help Texas. Yeah. Listen, I, it certainly doesn't hurt <laughs> that Alabama being Alabama with Nick Saban. That opens up a lot of questions. And I think we're going to see, just like we were talking about with Bo Davis on a much larger scale, kids come to Alabama to play for Coach Saban. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, this can certainly have ripple effects across all this. This again. Alabama blue blood, obviously this job is, is one of those jobs, much like the Texas job that will have an effect. Mm-hmm. It, this will affect all of college football. This isn't just a small isolated in Alabama or in the region. This is going to affect all of college football. Right. It's going to be a huge shakeup. 
you mentioned the players wanting to go to play for Nick Saban. There was a point up to a few years ago where every recruiting class of Sabans at Alabama, every recruiting class had a championship ring at some point, whether right. they got it their freshman year, their junior year, their senior year or whatever, every recruit for this, like the first up until just a couple of years ago, the last couple of recruiting classes, of course, don't have rings, but up until just a couple of years ago, every recruiting class walked away with a championship ring. Yeah. How do you, how can you not, um, market on that and recruit on that yeah but yes yeah. and also very much so austin's <laughs> greater than tuscaloosa absolutely yeah austin's more broad i mean tuscaloosa through and through is a college town it mm -hmm. is there because of the university of alabama austin texas capital of the the state listen yeah there's we could debate that all day long but there's ultimately there's more <laughs> ultimately <laughs> there's there's a, a austin texas has a lot to yeah offer. tuscaloosa is fun but yeah, I think there's more opportunity to advance for the rest of your life and business and all these other ways and things to do in Austin. Well, that's yeah, that's yeah. absolutely huge news. So, of course, we're going to keep an eye on that. We'll this is going to shake up. Recruiting Everyone's going to want to know who Bama hires. Also, who wants to follow Nick Saban? That's, who wants to follow him? Yeah, that's that's something. Can it, you imagine the pressure to the next coach? Right. We, OK, here you go. Here's 105 star recruits and go. Yeah. Yeah. That's tough. Oh, the pressure to win championships. Listen, and I think in the Saban system, this is why I do think we'll see somebody that, that came up under his system. Saban's got this thing humming, right? It, it It's, and it's part of the reason that you see coaches have success. Come, come coach under, you know, Nick Saban, and then they move on and have great success there. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a well-oiled machine. We mentioned that a little bit earlier. <laughs> so I think we will see success from Alabama no matter who the person is that comes in. But I think it's going to be highly likely that it's going to be somebody that came from, you know, Saban's coaching tree has that mm -hmm. connection there. And I wouldn't be surprised if Saban has, you know, maybe tipping the scales a little bit, got his finger on the scale for who is going to be the person coming in. I'd, I'd be willing to bet he might have something to do with it. So yeah, yeah that's, that's absolutely insane news. Um, Texas broke Alabama, Nick Saban retires. Uh, that's, that's crazy. We'll keep an eye on that. Yeah. And that I do like that point that his last home loss will have been Texas. That's that's, that's it right there. Uh, well, good, good luck to him and his wife, and I hope they have a good time. I, I don't have like grandkids. I yeah, don't know. yeah. So go go be with the family. I, he's amazing. I, he's one of those characters that the, the I used to think he was just oh he's such a grumpy jerk, but the more I watched him, the more I realized he really is just. Dialed authoritative in. and dialed yeah. in and and loves his players you know mm -hmm. he I've, I've watched him more and more over the years with his coke bottle turned out to make sure he gets paid for his coke and he'll probably go do more aflac commercials with uh, <laughs> with Dion, Dion and good for him that's, yeah, that's crazy huge news, news. that's Absolutely. huge news so yeah I, I mean how this could affect texas I, I really do like that that thought of going and getting coach roach yeah, Coach Roach would be Coach Roach. kind of fun. Um, again, with Stark with the connections at Alabama, it'll be interesting to see if this, you know, if Saban's coaching staff gets cherry picked for for different positions around. Again, you're yeah. looking at looking at some openings um, in the NFL too. So, do some of some of Coach Saban's, you know, hires? Oh, maybe Saban's going to the Titans. <laughs> maybe that's it. <laughs> I don't know that he'd announce retirement, but. I appreciate the thought. That that man is going to retire in Tuscaloosa I'll, I'll where he is him. a god. I'll take yeah. him at the Titans. <laughs> you would. I think anybody would take him in the NFL, even though he didn't have a, he had a losing NFL career. 
oh, uh, with oh, Miami. Oh, so. I know. Yeah. yeah. College, college was his jams for sure. And I, I feel like he's probably to the point where he's just done. He wants to enjoy his millions and millions of dollars and sail off into the sunset. All right. Well, that same news. Crazy. Amazing. It took a little of our basketball time. It did. So we'll just be really brief mentioning <laughs> the bas- men's basketball. Yeah. Um, last night was really exciting, but th- let's go back a few days. <laughs> All right. Let's bring it. Let's bring it down a little bit. Let's go. Let's go. Texas was favored at home to mm-hmm. beat Tech to start the Big 12 season. They had Pop Isaacs. The, whatever the guy who had all this drama with it was he was in trouble with the school was he was he not is he gonna play oh he's cleared to play of course he is and then he just balls out and leads tech mm-hmm. and it was really disappointing just because i have to get up at two in the morning and see the score <laughs> whatever the time was it was really disappointing to get up in the middle of the night and see the score and i was like really yeah at home yeah agreed but listen this this bounce back game against cincinnati at cincinnati was favored yes at, at this most recent game uh you know texas is ranked number 25 um yes they did lose to tech they looked pretty pedestrian in that in that game no question um but they come back and play a hard-fought game at mm-hmm. cincinnati back and forth um you know texas goes on a 12 to 3 run uh again i think you started to see your key players figuring it out, mm-hmm. right? Get that fire, get that drive. What I find kind of funny about this whole, you know, men's basketball thing. And, and last year, everyone's so high on, on coach Rodney Terry, you know, he's the guy, he's the man, he's just the knee jerk reactions from the fan base. Like, again, guys, just take a breath on everything. Terry held that team together. It, when the whole beard thing hit the fan, he made he took that team, held it together, and made it his team. Taking Texas to the Elite Eight, you know, listen. Yeah. Oh, yes. Go ahead. No, I'm saying yes. Yeah. Go on. Yeah. Preach. I'm saying preach this. Yeah. So, so, <laughs> so to have, and then Texas loses a lot of talent, a lot of senior mm-hmm. leadership. Um, yeah. Again, Jabari Rice, he's gone. Uh, so for Texas fans to immediately bring out the pitchforks, I shouldn't say Texas fans. There's, a lot of people bringing out the pitchforks this early for Coach Terry. I, it's silly to me. Yeah. I, but he kept this team together. Give them some time to develop. Give them some time. Much like we talk about with football, how many players have hit the portal or are leaving for the NFL. Basketball, that affects it so much more in basketball. The, the one and done, the mm-hmm. you know, the the transfers. Texas was depleted. They're figuring out their their grounds again. Are we going to see the success that we saw last year? Probably not. Last year was a magical season, but rebuilding is okay. You know, we're we're not quite to the point of reloading, but mm-hmm. we're rebuilding. I, I just encourage everyone to take a breath. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know, I'm all in on Coach Terry. I'm right. gonna. I believe in him. I am excited to see. It's going to take time. I, I was really sad to see. Nobody wants to lose to Tech ever in anything, right. but at home, and it's going to be really hard to get that one back on the road. Sure, because they are really good at home, especially when Texas comes to town. Mm-hmm. So that that was disappointing because you've got to keep home field. But then to bounce back, and you had mentioned earlier, Cincinnati had won ten in a row at home. Mm-hmm. There, so to beat them at home was really nice, it, and they never quit. And that was I, I enjoy that. But I'm I'm excited. I, they have they go to West Virginia mm-hmm. and they should win that game. Should yeah, they should win that game. And that game is um, on Saturday afternoon for us five o'clock. So uh, they have to go. This is I, 
did they come home and then go back? Because how this is where it gets ridiculous of the map of the Big 12. <laughs> yeah. They just went up to Cincinnati, Ohio. Mm -hmm. And if they have to come back home and then go out to Morgantown, mm -hmm. I wonder if they stayed. I need to check if they came home or not, or if they stayed up and then go over and then come back. But they came home. They come back. Now they fly all the way back. Yeah. For anybody, that's exhausting. Mm -hmm. But then have to play a game and then come back. Yeah. And especially one that went to the last second. Yeah. That's, yeah. This, they shouldn't make these kind of schedules for these. Yeah. These it's guys. it's definitely going to be interesting to see how that plays out and, and the kind of tax that takes out of the student athletes for sure. That kind of travel schedule, especially as we see the Pac-12 dissipate and, and change. Um, of course, the Big 12 now has a giant footprint. Um, but at least they don't have class yet. That helps. Yeah, right. So, yes, I, I think that's something, you know, the narrative that is, you know, Coach Terry's on the hot seat already. Listen, he's not on the hot seat. No. This Texas team just went to the Elite Eight. And, again, if you go back, watch that Cincinnati game. Watching Rodney Terry let his guys play out. You can see he trusts this team. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're developing. Yeah, they're figuring things out. Again, DeSue had just was on fire. Um, he put it on his shoulders and said, all right, guys, follow me. Um, but again, Coach Terry watching his guys, making the right calls, getting it in, and trusting his guys towards the end. Um, again, mm -hmm. you make that shot right before the buzzer and doesn't call the timeout. He lets that happen, lets the guys play, and trusts the defense. It, the house is not on fire. It's oh, not no, 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 no. And if they can bounce back West Virginia, they get they come home to UCF. I don't know about UCF, but that Baylor game is going to be a big one. Right. Um, if they can if they can win two of the next three, I don't expect them to beat Baylor. But if they can pull that off at home, that'd be exciting. So we have and then they go to Oklahoma. So mm -hmm. once school gets rolling and conference really get into that conference schedule, who it's going to be. There's some good basketball coming. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. And again, and I, it's, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no. I was going to say, I think this is where expectations at Texas are different than, for, for basketball than football, mm -hmm. right? I, exactly. Looking at the schedule, we know the big 12 is a grind. Conference play is a grind for basketball, but I don't think anybody, I don't think the expectation of winning a natty every year for basketball is quite there for Texas yet. No. So there's going to, again, just, I would encourage folks to take a breath. It's all right. Texas will be okay. But he has recruited it really well. So the players are there. They'll mm -hmm. figure they'll figure it out. Yep. They'll figure it out. Yep. It's early. But man, now you really have to get that one back at, at, against Tech. No, absolutely. The, the every game matters from here on out, right? Mm -hmm. And you know, we heard Chip and Zay talking about this a little bit earlier before our show. I agree that this West Virginia game and the argument could be made that the Central Florida game too, these are must-win games. Texas you've got to get those those if you can be three and one on conference before you play mm -hmm. Baylor that would be nice right absolutely so it's hard to tell though because the big 12 is the best conference <laughs> in basketball they've you know all these top ranked teams now with Houston and you know you have Baylor and Kansas and these top teams oh it's murderers it's row. going to yeah. be it's going to be tough and that's why home court matters so much you've got to handle business at home yeah so that was the disappointing part sure and, well, it, and, being, and it being tech <laughs> but that was disappointing but not that I expect them to go undefeated at home but to start the season mm -hmm. with the home loss that was that was disappointing and that but let's see how they rebound that's what matters the most yeah yeah absolutely so all right well we keep an eye out on that. Again, Texas plays West Virginia on the 13th, the Saturday. That's at 5 p.m. So, uh, but that is an away game. So tune in for that. 
Um, but next Wednesday, they're home again. If you want to go to the moody. Yeah, there you go. Get in the mood. Get in the mood. I love yeah. it. All right. Let, let's talk a little bit of playoffs. NFL playoffs. I mean. Yes. NFL teams. Yes. So the Titans play. No, I'm just kidding. They don't play. <laughs> But I do have a team still left in there. The Cowboys are in. So we know we'll, we'll make our picks for the wild card weekend. We know the 49ers in the NFC and the Ravens in the AFC. They have um, first round buys. They they won their you know conferences. Mm-hmm. So we have three games, two games on Saturday, three on Sunday, and then a Monday night game. I feel bad for the Monday night people because they get one less day yeah, of rest. Yeah. Two less days compared to the Saturday people. Yeah. So that's kind of odd. But anyway. So, but I don't care because it's Philadelphia, so screw them. I'm, I'm kind of glad it's Philly that got that crappy. So let's start with the first playoff game is Houston. Yep. yep. Okay, Cleveland at Houston Saturday at 3 o'clock. Cleveland is favored. Not by much. Well, it started at 2 and it went up to 2.5. Mm-hmm. But it's a 50-50 split on the win. Who's going to win that game? Um, it's Saturday, 3.30, NBC. That's weird to have the Houston Texans on NBC. It Isn't is. that weird? It is weird. Okay, so who do you got? Uh, listen, I'm I'm a Texans person. C.J. Stroud, I think, again, watching him play, watching obviously the Texans suffered when he was out with the concussion, um, and and watching C.J. Stroud really bring this team together. Mm-hmm. The Houston Texans are they're building something here. So again, they have the whole home field advantage. I'm going to take Texans in this one. I really I think we're going to see a strong game from Stroud. Um, again, as long as he can manage the game, call it in, command control. I I think Texans will be okay. We'll come out on top on this one. Yes. So I agree. Go Texans. I am rooting for the Texans to win. I am not a hater because just because I cheer for the Titans and the Cowboys, I'm not a hater. I want the Texans to do well. Um, so I'm, I really want the Texans to win this game. Absolutely. Also Cleveland. <laughs> it's Cleveland. It's yeah. So I'm, I, I'm calling an upset on that one. Also Houston's going to win that game yeah. at home. Okay. Um, the seven o'clock game Saturday night is Miami Dolphins at Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Our friend Kelly Trout's team, yep. Kansas City. Um, Miami has prettier colors. So <laughs> I'm just both teams are 11 and six. Um, and Kansas is four point favorites at home, but it's still about 50 50 win. But this game's on Peacock. That's app. so weird to me. The, pe- I, the it, Peacock. Yeah. This, I understand like cutting the cable. I, I cut the cable forever ago but now we're turning into this everything's so fractured and ridiculous you have it's to more still expensive. have 10 subscriptions right. times 10 15 20 bucks a subscription you might as well go back to satellite tv right yeah so yeah on peacock that that seems like a a disadvantage for sure for the nfl but you know what do i know um yeah, yeah people will stream yeah so listen I, again i'm not going to count out patrick mahomes at home no nope. it's mahomes right and he's he's gonna play well they're the home team I know this is only a four point, they're only a four point favorite, but I think it, Kansas City takes this and covers. I want to know what's Taylor Swift wearing to the game. <laughs> no. um, yeah, I, I will not pick against Kansas City at home in the playoffs. Right. No, it's going to be cold winter. Miami Beach is not going to survive. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going Kansas City to win and cover the minus four. I like it. Yeah, even oh, though yeah. I do like Miami. Yeah. I like their offensive. If this game was at home, oh, that'd be harder to pick. But at Kansas City, they're out. Yep. Okay. And Sunday, mm-hmm. three games Sunday. So mm-hmm. you'll probably be over at our house watching the games because yes. there's a lot of good football on Sunday. <laughs> yes. Okay. Zero degrees with 15 mile hour winds on, on Sunday. Yeah. On that's, Saturday. That's a huge advantage for Kansas City. Huge advantage. Okay. So Sunday, 12 noon, 10 and 7 Pittsburgh at 11 and 5 Buffalo. 
This is the biggest spread of the weekend. Buffalo favored by 10. I'll go first. Buffalo's going to win and cover the 10. Yeah. Pittsburgh's been better this second half of the year, but they're still inconsistent. And, I, yeah, I'm going Buffalo to win and cover. And, again, the cold doesn't matter as much because Pittsburgh cold, too. Right. But at home, the Buffalo fans are wild. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Okay. mafia, right? Yeah, I've got to agree with you on this. I, I Looking at the 10-point spread, I still think Buffalo covers this. Uh, again, that home field advantage feels – too big to surmount for yeah. for uh, Pitt. So that's noon on CBS. Three thirty. Get ready. Dun 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 dun. <laughs> Fox. Green Bay. Boo. At Dallas. Yay. <laughs> Green Bay. Eight. Oh, nine and eight. Dallas. Twelve and five. Dallas touchdown favorites at home. Dallas is so good at home. They dominate at home. It doesn't end now. They're going to be too much for Green Bay. They're going to win and cover. I would say they win by 12. Yeah. I, listen, I have to agree with you on that. You know, as, Dog a, scared me. as a Detroit fan, I've, I've seen, been in some battles with Green Bay, right? I just don't see Green Bay coming in and taking over at Jerry World. It's just not going to I mean, happen. can you name Green Bay's quarterback right now? <laughs> can, can anyone? Yeah. I can't. I, so, <laughs> so, yeah, again, I think that Dallas is, is going to roll with this. You know, I, I, to me, Green Bay has been another one of those teams that's been up and down. Um, not even in the most dominant, you know, division, and they still don't look great. So, yeah, yeah I think Dallas rolls with this. Dallas and, and is on covers. fire right now at mm -hmm. the right time. It's, they struggled a little bit towards the second half of the second half of the season, but man, they put it together the last few games. I'm in on Dallas. Yeah. All right, the last one: L.A. Rams at Detroit. This yep. is your team Sunday, 7 p.m. NBC. Um, 10 and 7 Rams against 12 and 5 Detroit. I told you to begin the season. I'm riding Detroit all the way. <laughs> I'm riding the Detroit Dallas uh, Detroit Dallas Super Bowl. Uh, listen, I, Wait, I Detroit's I, NFC. Never yeah, mind. NFC. NFC Championship Detroit <laughs> Dallas. Yeah, look, I I I appreciate the enthusiasm there. I'm uh, all in Detroit. Look at it, it it you talk about don't put a Aggie at at your uh, as your quarterback. I, I've got an Aggie as my head coach and I got to give him credit. Dean Campbell's made made an a massive difference at Detroit. This is his team. He's the way that he's built it. It's his culture. He's a player's coach. It's It's been a lot of fun to watch Detroit get to where they're at. Before I pick this game, I've got to ask the question, which Jared Goff shows up, mm. <laughs> right? He's, again, Detroit's going to live or die by his play. Um, where When Detroit's rolling and when he's making smart decisions and protecting the ball, Detroit's a hard team to beat. They're, they're one of the best in the NFL. But which is a weird thing to say, even as a yeah. Detroit fan, that is a hard, weird, odd thing coming out of my mouth. But, um, but golf has been prone to mistakes. He's been prone to turnovers. He's been making, you know, not great decisions, protecting the ball um, in, in some of Detroit's most recent losses. So if it's, if we get the Jared golf that shows up, protects the ball, I take Detroit and I think they more than cover the spread. Um, if golf has a bad day and turnovers, I don't know. I can see how the Rams can, can come up and, and spoil Detroit's uh, Super Bowl hopes. Rams are awful. Detroit's going to win. <laughs> win and cover, minus three. All right, Monday night, Philadelphia Eagles, who have fallen apart. They were all but assured a home field, first round bye, and then they fell apart. And I don't know what's wrong with them, but they're <laughs> at Tampa Bay, which should be nice weather for everyone. Mm -hmm. Philadelphia's three-point favorites on the road. 
I think they get it together, and I think Philadelphia's going to win this game. But then I think they're out in the next round. I don't even know who they're playing yet. I'm just going to say they're going to be out in the next round. <laughs> so I think Philadelphia goes into Tampa and wins. All right. Listen, I hate to be the guy that always agrees with you on this round. That's not interesting, but I agree. I, I just – uh, I think Philadelphia comes in. They, they're looking good. I, I know you're not a Philly fan you're about them boys, but um, yeah, I think they've got a chip on their shoulder and they're going to prove that they deserve to be there. So I say Philadelphia comes in um, and I think that they cover the three. Right. Okay. So there's um, 12, 14 teams left. Ravens, Bills, Steelers, Chiefs, Dolphins, Texans, Browns, 49ers, Cowboys, Packers, Lions, Rams, Bucks, Eagles. <laughs> Pick your Super Bowl. Oh, man. Here's – I have AFC – who's going to be your AFC champ? Oh, uh, this is probably the least exciting pick that I can make, but I think the Chiefs are going to find a way through. Um, I, I I know Ravens are playing well. I know that they've got the, the bye. Obviously, they're guaranteed in, but I think Chiefs just – they come on at the right time. It, Mahomes just lights on fire at the right time. He seems to do it every year. So yeah. I'm going to take Chiefs or AFC – Oh, as much as my heart wants to pick the Lions, I just don't think they're quite there yet. Um, oh, it hurts my soul as a Texans fan to say this too, but I'm liking the Cowboys. I, if if they can actually get their shit together and stop shooting themselves in the foot like they do so many years, I think the Cowboys can make a real serious run. So um, I'll, I'll say it. Maybe it's going to be Chiefs-Cowboys. That should make you happy. Yeah, I have Ravens. <laughs> Uh, Lamar Jackson, NFL MVP should be. I have Lamar Jackson and the Ravens taking on, I want to say the Cowboys, but the last time the Cowboys had to go to the 49ers, it was awful. <laughs> Absolutely horrendous. It was their worst game in forever. So I'm going to, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to say the 40, I'm going to say the 49ers. Uh, no, that's too easy. I'm going to go Cowboys Ravens I, because I think someone else is going to take the 49ers out, okay. not the Cowboys. Okay. And then the Cowboys will have home field for the for their NFC championship game because it'll be Lions Cowboys in the NFC championship. Cowboys will win. And then it'll be Cowboys Ravens. <laughs> right? <laughs> like the confidence there. We'll keep an eye someone on that. Someone else sure. is going to take the 49ers out. If it gets to be the Cowboys there, they're not going to They're in trouble. They're in trouble. All right. All right. Well, we've got just about 10 minutes left. We Again, we appreciate everybody's engagement and interaction. Please make sure that you are subscribed to Texas Sports Unfilter. Again, just click that little subscribe button. Set your notifications. Let us know when you're here. Um, you can also find us on Twitter uh, at Again, tsunfiltered. Well, that's the Twitter handle, and then for us, we are Fire the Cannon, which is Fire the Cannon One. Uh, yeah, we just appreciate y'all being here. We're gonna talk about some top stories real quick as we close out, but before but, we do that, but before we do, with all the huge playoff games coming up yep. and Super Bowl, Super Bowl is coming up. It's yes, usually the second Sunday in February, right? So, what are you gonna do? You gonna have a big Super Bowl party? I, we usually have something, but not. I don't know. Anyway, you need the setup, right? Yeah. So. Audio visual consultations is who you're going to call for wrapping up all the playoffs, wild card this weekend. Maybe you can have everything set up before the championship games. So you can call, you can call 512-255-8678 to set up your man cave, your home theater, your sports room, get your outdoor set up, whatever you need. AVConsultations.com. Check them out. They've been in business since 1988 and they can hook you up with your big TV setup for all Thank the playoff you. games. Make it so you never want to leave. Just absorb all of you that football. You have the setup, yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, all right, so let's move on real quick. I know we're about to, to close out here again. We appreciate y'all being here. So, oh, hey, Kathy, I appreciate you jumped in. This is a, a good friend of ours uh, up in Fort Worth. She's holding it strong for the burn orange in uh, 
TCU frog country. So good to see you. again. Yep, absolutely. So, um, yeah, so we've got some top stories. Texas Director's Cup. It's early to talk about it, but let's talk about it. This is mm-hmm. pretty exciting. Texas it's Off- a big deal to win the Director's Cup. Absolutely. And the only people who say it's not are the people who don't win it. That's absolutely Texas fair. has won the Director's Cup, which goes to the best athletic department mm-hmm. every year. And they, you know, you accumulate points from how well all your men's and women's sports do, how far they get in postseason, how many wins, all the things that accumulate points. So what happened with Texas this fall? Yeah, absolutely. So Texas is off to their strongest all start of all time for the Director's Cup race since they've been counting, since they've been tallying this up uh, with 344 points. Of course, a lot of that came from uh, from the football team finishing so high, making the college football playoffs. Absolutely. The but volleyball team winning a national championship. Sure doesn't that hurt. A lot. Sure doesn't hurt. Um, but as it sits right now, Texas is ranked uh, number two for women's swim and dive. Football is number three. Men's tennis is number three. Uh, women's tennis or women's golf is five. Women's tennis is seven. Men's uh, swim and dive is eight. And then at 10, we've got women's basketball. Men's golf comes in at 14 and rounding it out the top 25 men's basketball. So wow. a lot of strong showings uh, here. So we'll and it's keep not listed that. there, but women are number one in volleyball. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Again. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, Texas, we, the director's cup is a huge deal and it's what defines the best, greatest athletic program in the nation. So off to a great start there. Awesome job by all of our teams. Again, Del Conte's really got this, got this thing going. Uh, It's fun to, fun to be a part of Texas athletics. I can't wait to see the softball team this year too. Baseball and softball start soon. Mm -hmm. So that'll close that out. That's what finishes. That would rounds out the the director's cup. Right. So we'll Mm -hmm. have to, we'll follow what happens with, of course, men's and women's basketball can keep accumulating points if Mm -hmm. they go into the postseason. So and then, so we'll see with bat, baseball, we'll talk baseball and softball. Mm-hmm. And we have some good guests coming over the next few months, a couple months with all that. Mm-hmm. So no, another top story, um, of course, Vrabel, Mike Vrabel is fired from the Titans. So the first few years he was the head coach, they made the playoffs three times. Of the first four years, they made the playoffs three times. They won the AFC South twice. They got to the AFC championship game and that was going to be the Miami Super Bowl, but they lost in the, but they got past Kansas City one year, which was shocking. And then they fell apart and they stink and they were two losing seasons, no playoffs, no <laughs> nothing. And so I understand it's time. If in the injuries, I <laughs> they are the most injured team all the time. Like literally the, the roster they start with the season, they have the highest replacements from injuries by the end of the season every year. Like maybe I don't know what their strength conditioning problem is. I don't know. Anyway, he's gone. We heard Pete Carroll's out at the Seahawks. Right. A lot of, and, again, and the biggest news. Yeah. Well, biggest news, of course, coach Saban being, being uh, retiring again, not yeah. fired. Let's be clear. Yeah. That was a decision. Retiring. Saban is retiring. So again, we're going to keep an eye on that and make sure that we're staying up to date. This is really going to, with coach Bo Davis leaving, um, this is, could potentially have huge effects at Texas and certainly is going to affect all of college football mm-hmm. uh, with a giant like Saban retiring. So um, yeah, let's uh, just to round it out. Do you see Bijan Robinson's? Yep. Give us stats? the top story. What's I love the, it. What's Bijan's? Again, Bijan just absolutely killed it his rookie year um, with 272 touches. He had 14, 63 finished with 1,463 yards. That's bananas. That's crazy. Eight touchdowns and 4.6 yards per carry. Now, can you imagine as a rookie, as a rookie in a shitty team on a shitty team? 
who was underutilized. Yeah, who wasn't used properly. Can you imagine what those numbers would look like had they actually taken true advantage? Had of he been on the Ravens or had he been the 49ers like or, or the Lions or the Eagles yeah. early? <laughs> So, wow. Or yeah. the Cowboys who should have taken him. Yeah, absolutely. So, <sighs> or the Lions. Yeah. yeah. So, so Bijan is up, of course, for rookie of the year. Um, wow. Up against some big names. Again, we've got CJ Stroud, Sam Laporta, of course, uh, Jamar Gibbs, Jaden Reed. So, looking at that. But I would see CJ Stroud being right. because he led his team from awful to a playoff team. And not that he did it himself, but he really stood up as a rookie, I would give that. I'm amazed at what Bijan did. I wish he, if he had done it for a team, if he could have led them to something great at the end of the season, then yeah, he would sure. be up there too. But I would say CJ Stroud for rookie of the year. I wouldn't hate it again. Yeah. Texas in person wouldn't hate it. So yes. Yeah, so anyway, we knew big things were coming out of Bijan. Great to see him have a great year. Hopefully his coaches figure out how to use him a little bit more, a little bit better. Um, yeah. So yeah. So, so, We'll skip that one. Yeah. All right, number five. We'll move to the last one, yeah. which is actually number four, but number five. Um, so the bowl games, we they're all over. They're mm -hmm. all there. We I loved every single one. I watched as many as I could. Yeah. But the final records of who won most of their bowl games, and it was the Big Ten. Yeah. Which you know, and you know, Big Ten had ten bowl games. So was their whole group. Bowl eligible? <laughs> Big Ten has more than 10 teams. I know, yes. but they had 10. Uh, yeah, they have like 15 <laughs> teams, right? Anyway, well, they had 10 games. They've got they had 10 bowl eligible teams. Oh, the other side was awful. The, the, the Big Ten, they go east and west, right? The one side. East, well, now, yeah. One, side, legends was, one and side was awful. Whatever. Yeah. Anyway, so they had 10 teams that qualified for mm -hmm. bowls, and six of them won their game. That was the most. Next was the Big 12 at five and four. And then the worst was the MAC at two and four. <laughs> But the ACK, the ACK, the ACK was three and three. Yeah, that's very ACK. Again, SEC, I think that was kind of a surprise for folks. This oh, yeah. Year. Okay. The SEC. Yeah. SEC finishing five and four. Um, so at a, a about a 55 percent win percentage. Um, and again, no SEC team in the title game certainly has been a change from from years past. So um, again, I'm, I'm going to take that as a positive. Texas is coming into the SEC, which has historically been one of the hardest conferences out there. And yes, it's going to be a damn hard conference, no question. Um, but the timing is pretty solid. I like it. Things but are can we up talk nicely. about how the Big 12 had nine bowl teams sure. with um, 12 teams, 14 teams? How many? We have 14 teams right now. Mm -hmm. And the SEC has 16 teams still, and they only had nine. So we had more higher percentage of bowl eligible teams. Yeah, no, it was great. So again, let's put to bed, you know, Texas played a great schedule. They played a hard schedule. They did well, had a good a season. Difficult schedule. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So what grade so, would you give Texas football this year? Yeah, Texas football, final grade as we about to sign off. I'm I'm gonna say this was an A minus year, I, I think. But for me, Texas met expectations and exceeded them. So am I gonna say it's A plus? No, we've got some stuff to work on. You know, looking forward, I'd love to see Texas close those games out. Mm -hmm. Let's not let's not win close, let's win big and and leave no doubt. Um, going to have a lot of changes next year with, with personnel and, and going through and now coaching too. But yeah, I've got to say Texas was impressive. Um, I, at the beginning of the year, I thought Texas would finish uh, 10 and two. I thought mm -hmm. we were going to win at Alabama, but there might be two losses there for the regular season. And we, we went in and killed it again. The OU thing will always be a thorn in our side, but look, I think it was a great, great season. A minus. How about you? 
Um, I gave it also an A minus, but for different reasons. Because if you make it to the playoffs, that's an A season. It could even right. be an A plus. But when you don't beat your rival and you blow big leads, that that hurts too. So I, I think a solid A minus because getting to the playoffs. Right. They they down found to the it, final four. Survive in advance. Huge. Texas found a way to do it. That's a lot to right. Yes. And that's a lot to grow on for next year. Again, they say when you're rebuilding the team, you lose big. Then you lose close, then you win close, then you win big. Yeah. So we're, we're moving on to the winning big. Yep. Yeah, yep. we're going to win big. So I that's, like it. That's up. Well, again, right. thanks you all for joining us. We appreciate it. Again, be sure to like and subscribe to Texas Sports Unfiltered on YouTube. You can follow us on Facebook as well. Um, as always, we appreciate you being here. Thanks for watching. Yeah, I'm Megan. I'm, listening. I'm Rocky. And we are Fire the Cannon.